And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. I don't know why I just thought he'd be European or something because he... Yeah, man, he about as European as fucking English Bob. I know that now. But was he cool or what? Thank you. Totally fucking cool. In control. Didn't even, you know, he didn't really get pissed when you were fucking with him. I was amazed. <laughs> What's for bacon? No, man, I don't eat pork. Are you Jewish? No, I ain't Jewish. I just don't dig on swine, that's all. Why not? Pigs are filthy animals. I don't eat filthy animals. Yeah, but bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. Hey, sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I'd never know because I wouldn't eat the filthy motherfuckers. Pigs sleep and root and shit. That's a filthy animal. I ain't eat nothing ain't got sense enough to disregard its own feces. How about a dog? Dog eats his own feces. I don't eat dog either. Yeah, but do you consider a dog to be a filthy animal? I wouldn't go so far as to call a dog filthy, but they're definitely dirty. But dogs got personality. Personality goes a long way. Uh, so by that rationale, if a pig had a better personality, he'd cease to be a filthy animal. Is that true? Well, we have to be talking about one charming motherfucking pig. <laughs> I mean, he had to be ten times more charming than that arm on green anchors, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Brian Ellison. And you're here for episode 122, which was kind of a pickup episode, I'd call it. Um, uh, I just got back from Crypticon today, and Langley is still there. That's why Langley is not here. And uh, I got home early. I just, just thought, why not do a podcast? We weren't going to do one this week because we were both away at, at the con, and uh, we wouldn't have had time. But since I came back home um, uh, and Brian was available, I thought... Let's just sit and uh, run some tape and talk a little bit about some news, some reviews, some recommendations. Just uh, there are some things that, that have been happening in media, I think, that we both um, have noticed and, and thought we might. They, they don't warrant a whole show, so we just thought we might talk a little about them. Uh, sound like a good plan? That sounds like a plan, Tom. It sounds like a plan. All right. The plans so, often go astray. So <laughs> we'll, probably, we'll probably end up like in like some weird out yes. in the weeds someplace. Um, the best laid plans of mice and men often go astray. Uh, 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 where do you want to begin? Do you want to start? Yeah, I know you have a list of things. I have a list of things. Do you want to start or should I? Well, you want to you want to start off with just uh, maybe do the film reviews first or you want to do those later? Or? Um, sure, let's do that. Uh, as far as the new traders that we've seen. Uh, trailers, we can do that. We, let's start yeah. with one that just dropped today. Day and that's it. There's a new trailer that they was premiered at the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, and yeah, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go well, ahead. I'll say that, that was interesting. I mean, you got a little bit more background into it than from the the, the previous uh, trailer. Um, but you know, you don't really get a lot with these things. And um, my only question is, can you go wrong with evil clowns? Evil clowns usually works, but uh, I, I'm not. I'm not really sure what to make a, of it, quite frankly. Well, I think it's a it's a decent rollout on the story. Which, let's be honest, the people that are fans of it already know the it story. 
Um, uh, it's a way to, I think, to reveal Penny, the new Pennywise design, which is substantially different than the one that Tim Curry wore. And uh, it's a way to let, kind of hint, even though it doesn't, it hints it really subtly, that this is just going to be the first half of the story. It's not going to be the adult half. So if you've read the story, it's it, it, there's a part that happens when the, the the this group of friends are children, and then later they come back to the town, and it happens all over again. And this now is the, just going to be the first part. The original, well, no, I won't say original, but there was the, there was a TV miniseries, correct? Cause I, mm-hmm. Which I never saw. But that's the one with Tim Curry. Yes. So I had not seen that. Was that like a multi-part? Yeah. Miniseries mm-hmm. was, it was it two parts? How, how many parts I, was? It? Uh, I want to say. Four, four, and was it good? Did you like it? Um, I I thought it was good personally up until the end. When they, and the, the big the big problem with it is the big reveal on the monster on what okay. on what the monster is, and in yeah. this case it kind of looked just like a giant spider, and um, uh, uh, it, it 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 didn't live up to the expectation. Tim Curry was great, and and does Pennywise deserves to be an iconic horror villain, I think, but um. Uh, uh, it's got a huge fan base. What was the time frame for that uh, story? Uh, well, the first one happens, I want to say, in the 60s part okay. of it, and then the latter half is would be modern day. Yeah, because you kind of get the feeling from the trader they have kind of that, what seems to be popular now, like with Stranger Things, where you have kind of like 80s vibe, with kids riding their bikes and th- trying to discover things. And th- Think more Stand By Me. Yeah, Stand By Me. Yeah, that, that era, sure. that kind of era. Yeah, okay. And then later, modern day, 20 years later, they're all grown up, and they've, you know, they've got a lot of psychological problems, and blah, 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 blah. And it all starts, <laughs> uh, and don't this, don't this, we all when we grow up? <laughs> and then this writer comes back to the town of Derry, and um, uh, it all starts over again. Um, uh, it's kind of a plot that Stephen King seems to like. Yeah, it, it's very, it's a very Stephen King story, because it's yeah. the idea of an evil intruding on, on an small normal town right yeah and somebody coming back to that town but the, i think the real reason for this trailer is to sh- to there's a lot of fan concern over um pennywise you know you're fucking with an icon and they want to make sure that the they did the same thing when they redid the harry uh the uh freddy krueger movies and everything else you're fucking with the design and they they don't like that. Fans don't like that. Oh but, heck! I, I, people were complaining about the, the Wonder Woman's boots. I mean, right, it's, right. it's uh, I, I've never quite got that. Quite frankly, I mean, I, I've always maintained that when you have seventy, eighty years worth of material, it's going to be changed over and over as time goes by. And when people say, "Well, it's not, it's not, it's not canon," you know, well, what what really is canon? Well, you right? know. I, I used to think that, like, you know, you don't want to remake anything, you don't want to remake anything. But I think times change, I think audiences change. Absolutely. And if you don't think I'm right, go back and watch, for example, an episode of I Love Lucy. It's funny, but it's not really funny. Not in a today way of funny. It's it's very quaint and very sort of stodgy and, and that kind of thing. So what I'm saying is that the audience, my perception as an audience member has changed because things have changed and culture has changed. So I'm not so averse to it. I am averse when the, when it's when you do a remake, not because you think you can do it better, but just because it's a cash grab. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've often had problems with people who because we obviously we've done many podcasts. We're talking about movies that are quite old, mm-hmm. and and um, uh, 
I agree that times change, people change, tastes change. But but I think when something's really good, no matter if it was made in the 1950s like I Love Lucy or made today, I mean, you can see the brilliance of that show, I Love Lucy. And and um, well, um, I, I, think, I don't mean to, to shit on I Love Lucy. I'm just no. Saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you were, but but I think sometimes people um, uh, they're they're so used to it's like a lot of action movies, right? You have critics always talking about action movies, like, well, there's so much action. Where's the story development? And then you get a movie that gives you story development and some action, and, and, <laughs> and then they complain, yeah, it's slow. Yeah, yeah and so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you. It's like everybody wants to have it both ways, and it's like, no, just just find the beauty of what you're watching. Does it work? Yes. If mm-hmm. it doesn't, then you can dismiss it. But so yeah, but uh, yeah, I've always had a problem with 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 people complaining about uh, costume changes, which is especially it's ridiculous. But, but it can get in, get you into trouble. I, all I'm going to say is bat nipples. <laughs> yeah. Well, some some sometimes they do stuff. This is the thing that that's a good that's a good point. That was silly. Yeah. But okay, it's done. All right, it, 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 why waste time on it? You know why? It's you know move on. You, you got Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, and you had a different type of Batman than than Schumacher, and a different type of Batman than than um, um, uh, the first two Batman movies, mm-hmm. but by Tim Burton, right? Mm-hmm. So um, and at least in that series, I mean, there are people who think Adam West is the be all end all of, <laughs> of Batman. So and 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 I I think that's great, right? Yeah. I, I think I think his Batman was a lot of fun, and it's not it's not the Batman that I would like, but that's the thing. I think there's room for everything, right? So if so if, if this new it blows the character, then it blows the character. It's not like the end of the world, but people sometimes act like it is the end of the world. Yeah, you the old this, the whole not, the whole you you know you're raping my childhood. It's, it's yeah, not. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, as you know, my my my. My line about George Lucas is he never raped my childhood; he raped my adulthood. <laughs> uh, you you bring up uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, did you, yeah. you watch the Dunkirk trailer? Yeah, that looked really good. I've seen a couple of these trailers now, but I, that looked really good. I mean, it, my my interest is there. I'm a big history buff. World War II is very uh, interesting to me. So, I mean, you you had me just by going Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. to see anything. It, I'm there. But that looked really good. It was a really good-looking trailer. It feels like an old-timey, you know, war movie, like, you know, the Tora Tora yeah, Tora. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it does look it looks great. I don't know. I, I always worry when I see a lot uh, an uptick in war movies because I feel like it can be a little drumbeaty, and this didn't feel that way, you know. Well, you you World War Two is is a war that uh, um, there's so much there's it, it's it's like the most fantastic war from a, a, a I guess a a a story a myth, mythological viewpoint and so I you know you're you're always going to get movies on World War Two uh, you know when's the last time that you know they did a, a great war movie about Korea uh, I mean Vietnam got some play but. Yeah, I mean, usually it's going to be those popular wars that that have a lot going on. The mythology, I mean, at some point the war, I guess we could say it's kind of starting like that now, but the war is becoming kind of mythological. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and who knows? You know, a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, it's almost taken all, on the, you know, the the aspect of legend and myth. And, yeah, yeah. So, so usually, if you do if you do a good job, uh, your World War II movie will will probably do pretty well at the box office. If you do a good job with the Vietnam War movie. Or Korea, for example, uh, yeah, maybe not so much. Yeah, which kind of makes me start to think, me, me, and me. I I really love uh, weird war movies. And, yeah, sure. Uh, they they just don't ever make enough of them. 
I, well, you know, once in a blue what, what's moon. A, what, you'll get what, what's an example of a weird war movie that you like? Um, uh, there's a Korean movie called Our Point. That's that's great. Um, yeah. There's a the is it the bunker the Andy Serkis did a movie that about a haunted um, trench in World War One. Oh yeah, okay. um, I, forget, I, see where you're going I forget the yeah. name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like ghost stories on the battlefield. Like, or remember uh, remember uh, Burt Lancaster's Castle Keep? No. Oh yeah, that that wasn't like a haunted story. It was just a weird, offbeat, strange movie by yeah. way of oh, a no, no, no. 1960s, 70s filter, World War II film. I mean, I mean, like the idea of where the horror movie and the and the war movie sort of collide. Oh, okay, okay. So you're talking about horror aspects, not just offbeat movies. Yeah, no, no. I, when I say weird war, I, I kind of referred. I, I, I what I mean is a reference to the old weird war comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got dinosaurs on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy with a machine gun. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've often wondered, like, why they don't do that. Isn't it... Well, we kind of did just get one, right? In Kong Island. Yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah, Yeah. it's not the same. Um, Our our point is great. Our point is Korean. They're they're sent to this spot, and there's just this great shot of there's a squad walking across a fog-enshrouded rice paddy. Yeah. And, and there's a bunch of them. There's like 25 guys there. And as you're watching them just trudge across and look around and do their whole soldier thing, you start to remember, hey, wait a minute, this squad's only like six guys. <laughs> so who are these other guys? You know what I mean? And um, uh, it go, goes from there. It's it's really good. Um, Tartan Video put a, a really nice set of it out. Speaking of Weird War, um, so you remember the Clint Eastwood movie, The Beguiled? Yes. Which was set during the Civil War, and he's uh, uh, yeah, they're, re- they're redoing it. Yeah, I, and well, I, I don't, I'm not online looking for this stuff, right? So, I, 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 a good part of my life is being surprised by pop culture because I don't do this for a living like other people. Mm-hmm. So, when I was at the theater, I saw that trailer, and I'm going like, man, this looks like it's, it's the beguiled. And then it, it turned out it was yeah, uh, with we, Colin Farrell playing the role, and. Um, we I was very about surprised it. by that. Yeah, we talked about it a couple times on the podcast. Sorry, we, re- yeah. we reviewed the trailer. What was the? What was the? I, I was surprised that somebody would remake that movie. Uh, I think it looks great. It does. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'll go see it. But I often wondered, like, how studio executives sit around and come up with stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, let's do the beguiled again. Yeah. Well, I I think it, how well did that movie do? I, I don't uh, even know if it, the movie did all that well. It's legendary under amongst people who have seen it. In a yeah. weird way, but just a lot it's of people. It's like a gothic war movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. Some of the cast they got on this new one is great. Nicole Kidman's a great choice. Kirsten Dunst is a great choice. Yeah, that no, 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 it looks great. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. would definitely see it. I was I, just surprised by that. I hope they don't try to make and it looks like they are. They're trying to make it a little more sexy, and uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of a problem. I mean, it's well, it's weird enough and 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 compelling enough. The original, that, so that comes back to your different times, different tastes, different yeah. viewpoints. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, earlier, you mentioned Wonder Woman. There's a new mm-hmm. Wonder Woman thing out, and you know what? I I didn't. I as we've talked about many times, I'm not a big fan of the kicky punchy superhero movies, um, or as Langley calls it, men fighting in their underwear. But this thing, the fact that it's set in World War One, it's mm-hmm. it's a little more appealing. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it makes it kind of. Um, Broader and easier to to tap into the 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 jokes about you know her being a woman in a in a modern society quote unquote modern society they're they're, well, they're yeah. there for the I mean, picking sure I mean it's <clears throat> you hadn't had these uh, the, at that time you had the women's suffrage movement going on women's uh, beginning of World War One didn't have the right to vote 
Mm-hmm. So so it, it makes sense. Plus, too, I think, uh, although she, uh, of course, made her appearance in World War II uh, just before uh, the, uh, the, en- the American entry into the war, um, I think this is kind of an interesting choice to go World War I and, uh, uh, yeah, working, working with all the subjects that they can come up with. In yeah. that. But I'm also, I, I think this, this looks like a really, really good superhero movie. I'm, I'm really hoping for the best on this because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't... I'm, you know, I, I love all movies, and so I see all kinds of things. And, and um, you know, the superhero genre, uh, when people say, like, oh, it's uh, the superhero genre, there's so many superhero movies, and, oh, I'm burned out, and why do they keep doing superhero movies? Well, go back to the 1950s, and there's a lot of westerns, right? But, you know, people weren't yeah. running around, I think, probably complaining there are too many westerns or too many sci-fi movies. I uh, I particularly like, there's a villain in this now that is sort of like there's a character in... Um Broadway Empire that there wears a yeah. mask and it looks yeah. like the whole lower side of her face is a mask and I, and I always find those kind of villains really fascinating. Um, oh yeah, you mean uh, Boardwalk Empire? Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. that yeah, that that was a cool character. That was like one of my favorite characters in that show. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So um but this villain, this woman female villain is uh uh looks very cool. She's they call her yeah. something gas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't catch it, but yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't think I saw her. I think that's off the. I think that's the first trailer I saw. I saw yeah. that character. They've never. They haven't shown that character before. Yeah. And so I, I think had it looks really. She looks. She looks kind of. She reminded me a lot in a weird way of um, that char- The character in Hellboy, the robot man that's filled. The one that was filled with sand. I forget his name. Kruger. I want to say the guy with the with the spinning blades in his hands. If you remember, ah, what was his name? Anyway, drawing a blank. Yeah, there's a great character in Hellboy. Um, that again, the name escapes me. Uh, let's see. Um, That's why I, we're winging it, folks. I, yeah, exactly. I, I don't have any notes, which is, if anyone knows me, that's kind of a rarity. Um, uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping to just back to Wonder Woman. I, I'm hoping this movie does well because I, I think um, the, the DC universe movies. Uh, are all right. I mean, they haven't really wowed me, and and this one looks like I could have a lot of fun with. So so I'm hoping it it will be good. Yeah, Plus, do yeah. I think Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman's never. Ultimately, I think Wonder Woman. Quite frankly, I mean that that could be a subject of a, another podcast. But I, I've often thought Wonder Woman in the DCU has always kind of got the shaft. Mm-hmm. And so um, well, it was it's always nice like a, a capitulation to the to the girls. You know, well we have Superman. We have Superman, so we'll give you someone. You know. Who's like, yeah, but who's she's, like she's seven, eighty-seven cents on the dollar, um, Superman. Well, yeah, I mean, she's she's way much more than that, and and even though she she's never, re- I, I think a lot of writers over the years just don't know what to do with her, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you give somebody Batman, they they kind of know what to do, and you give somebody Superman, they kind of know what to do. But Wonder Woman has gone through a lot of uh, different changes. I I'll admit it, like like the Hulk, I've never gotten yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get the Hulk. Why do you I, not get the Hulk? I don't Hulk? get the Hulk. I think the Hulk is just Hulk smash. It's That's just, he's just yeah. It's he's a tornado. He's just a he's just yeah. a chaos factor that you throw into something to, to mess up stuff. He's just basically Marvel's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and at least know, back in the day. And then when we get to like all the, the talking Hulks, it just makes me want to hit, slide my head in the door. So, but as an agent of chaos, yeah, yeah, throw him into the mix like this Thor movie. Throw him into the mix in that Thor movie, and you got yourself a party. So, um, well, as a as a comic fan, I mean, there was a long run that Peter David did of the Hulk, where he was an intelligent Hulk, and, I, and that run was really good. I thought. Mm. So, I mean, I, I thought it works. I mean, I, I liked I liked an intelligent Hulk 
better than Hulk Smash, but, okay. but, but again, there's room for all these, so you can, you know, if you, if you like Hulk Smash, you got Hulk Smash. If you like Intelligent Hulk, you got that. Right, right, right. So, so you go with what you like. Shifting, you know, but, go ahead. Shifting gears, um, uh, there was a trailer out for this Harmonium movie with Tanabu um, Asano, who's a who's a great actor. He was in the Bitakeshi Zatoichi movie. He was in, he's in a ton of good stuff. He's one of those Japanese actors who, when you see him in a film, um, just, yeah, he's, you know, he's going to be good. Um, this looks like a dark, dark, um, uh, film about a guy, a man coming, looks like he's coming back from prison and reentering the life of someone he used to know before he went into prison. And um, he looks a, it looks a little woodsman-y, you know what I mean? Like he's a pedophile or something like that. Something. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you watch the trailer. So what, when I watch a trailer like Dunkirk, It, Wonder Woman, I get it. I don't need to go do any research, right? Uh, I don't need to look it up. What What is this about? Watching the Harmonium trailer, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of get – I think I know what's going on here, but I don't know the depth of it. Right, so it looked like yeah, like what you just said. Somebody's coming back into somebody's life who's probably he doesn't want around. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be some kind of family problems. So that's all you really get from the trader. But but then I go and look it up to see what it's about. Yeah, it's dark and kind of I yeah I don't know if I'd want to see it. it. Has some real dark elements to it. Yeah 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 yeah. Because I have to admit I'm kind of I don't know, those kind of movies bother me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's if you did you see the package? Is it the package? The 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 Shit, Jason Bateman and his wife, and there's a package that's delivered, and some guy comes and says, "Oh yeah, I delivered. I I gave you that." I remember the traders for that, but I never. I didn't see. I never saw the movie. But but the idea, and especially in Japanese film, if you look at Science Sono's Cold Fish, for example, um, the idea of a stronger personality stepping into your mundane, almost boring life and just causing chaos is a common theme. Yeah, Cold well, Fish, that's kind of what this movie's about. Yeah, and Cold Fish does it gloriously and, and so over the top that it's just an absolute fun uh, uh, film. This looks like being dragged over glass. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, I wanted to see when Irreversible came out. Right. I wanted to see the movie, but I knew the subject matter. and like, Because that's a problem I've always wrestled with for, for in a sense, all my movie-going life. It's like, there's movies that are entertaining, right? Guardians of the Galaxy. Entertainment. That's fun. You go to the movie to have fun. And then there are movies that just make you feel bad to be a human being. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, well, is that entertainment? Is it, do I want to plop down my $13 to come out of a movie feeling bad to be a human being? And I, you know, I, I, so I passed on Irreversible. I, I, I waited. I mean, I probably two years later is when I saw it. And yeah, and you thought, I, yeah, 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 I was right. <laughs> well, well, I'll say this: the film was uh, the film was very well made, and 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 it was cathartic in a way. And when you got to the end of it, because they tell the story backwards, sure. When you when you get to the end of it, there there was kind of a feeling of 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 um, it was it didn't end in a way, despite the horrible things that happened in the movie. It ended in a sense like on a good note. I mean. Uh, I'm glad I saw it. I, I do think it was, uh, dare I say, brilliantly done. I understand why it, people critically uh, thought a lot of it. Uh, but do I want to make a steady diet of those movies? Yeah, probably not. When I, when I read about Harmonium, it's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to see that. Um, I don't know. I'm saying it's not going to be great and well, well done or well crafted. I think it's going to be great. Uh, Irreversal, I did a panel this weekend called uh, uh, 
can you go too far? And Irreversible yeah. came up a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's the beauty of that movie is that because it's so artistically well crafted and, and well acted, mm. and and it, and and it, it like tears at your emotions and exposes your nerves. Uh, I, I guess you could say that's that's a, a feeling. I guess that that that's something that can work in a movie. Right. But well, yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather not see like the, a steady diet of those. And even Bad sure. Lieutenant, remember Bad Lieutenant with Harvey <laughs> Keitel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, what what was the point of well, that? I I feel really bad. I came out of the Bad Lieutenant feeling bad. Well, the 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 director uh, of Irreversible, Gaspar No, um, he's he that's his kind of stock and trade. He has a film called I Stand Alone. Yeah, that is is yeah. <laughs> He also well, has another movie called Enter the Void that's really good. But uh, th- he's he, that's his stock in trade. It's like that stuff that you just feel like shit afterwards. Well, it was funny because, uh, funny as an ironic, in that Werner Herzog made Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, mm-hmm. which wasn't exactly Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel, but it, it had enough trappings to say that's like a reimagined version of it. And that was interesting. Yeah. And I, and I didn't walk out of that movie feeling like crap. Right. But but, you know, there's there's again, there's room for all that stuff. And and if you like it, you know, you like it. So, okay well, let on to more better subjects than than, than that. Um, I do think that I like the Dark Tower. (laughs) I do think that uh, on um, an errant night flipping through the channels on Showtime or whatever, um, I I'd I'd probably watch Harmonium. but yes, let's go to the Dark Tower. Um, what did, a little, go ahead. What did you think? Looks, looks. I'm, I'm there. Has my interest. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would definitely see it. Um, uh, as they say, in- as they say, I'm listening. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. Exactly. Keep talking. Yeah, give listening. me, give me yeah. some more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the first trailer I've seen for it. Is that the first trailer that's been released? The second. Second, okay. Because I don't. I, this tells that, more of the, the story. Yeah, more of the yeah, story. It's definitely a longer trailer. Yeah, it shows more um, within the realm of the world. I'm hoping that throwing bullets into the air and and waving your gun around, load your load your gun thing works. But uh, <laughs> well, obviously there's a mystical element to this guy. So. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And um, but it looks it looks big budget. It looks beautiful. It looks yeah. solid. Everyone looks like they're going to perform well. I'll probably see it. Um, at this point, I don't really need to be sold on this movie. So, you know. And Matthew McConaughey makes a, a good villain. Did you ever see Killer Joe? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, he was he was awesome in that. You, you don't eat fried chicken the same way. <laughs> no, you just no, don't. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's a great. And or or I would also table um, Reign of Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny in certain movies like when I saw um oh, what was that? What was the what, what's the movie Lights Out? What was that movie called with Stephen Lang? The uh, where he's blind and people break into his house? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember what. I don't remember. Was that what one called? I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, you had a turkey baster in that and you never look at the turkey baster the same way after <laughs> you see that movie. And yeah, maybe it was Lights Out. I think it was called Lights Out. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I remember my wife and I we we uh we were like, "Whoa, we like Matthew McConaughey." <laughs> we, went, we wander into like Killer Joe, and it's just like, oh my. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's we're all in. I, we're we're all in. You just take my money and and let's not 
have to wait too much longer. Um, Blade Runner 2049, this new tra- uh, trailer showed us uh, more of the story, more of uh, the old Blade Runner magic, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, uh, you don't have to you don't have to give me much on this. I'm I'm going to go see the uh, I'm going to see the movie uh, regardless of what critics say or people say, or even not even having to watch a um, uh, watch a video, mm-hmm. uh, or, excuse me, a trailer. Um, but uh, I I I'm, I I really like you know this is one of those things like man you could you could really blow this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. breathe. You know, I just I'm sorry, I just realized it was Don't Breathe. Don't breathe. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't breathe. Yeah. There Lights Out was a different movie, but okay. Don't Breathe, that's the movie I'm thinking. But uh back to Blade Runner 2049. Um yeah, the trailer looked really cool. Uh the thing that was kind of when did that trailer drop? By uh, the way? a couple of days ago. Because because it starts off like in 3 days see the official trailer. Mhm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. A mm-hmm. um, couple of things I liked. Uh, I, I like the use of the very subtle way they used Vangelis music in the, mm-hmm. in the yeah. trailer. Because it's, obviously he's not going to be on this movie, uh, but um, I like what they did there. And the big question mark for me is, okay, is Rick Deckard a replicant? Because that's always been a uh, um, bone of contention with a lot of people over the years. Sure, sure. Depending uh, upon which version of Blade Runner you saw, by the way. Well, I think that him, him, um, he, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel, I feel like speechless. that, that, that will, that will tell itself. It's nice. It's just enough that everything feels, it, it feels comfortable. It doesn't feel alien, and it doesn't make me, it isn't jarring. Like if they had, if they had brushed Blade Runner with a the same brush they br- brushed Ghost in the Shell, I would have been I would have been a little more upset because it, it's it's Blade Runner needs to be modern, postmodern, but also uh, uh, a little run down. And they seem to have captured that. The dude whose hands it's in did Arrival. Um, yes. So I I I don't know I don't I'm worried really because if he fucks this up, he's gonna fuck up Dune. Which is his next film, and that yeah. really bums me out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I, Dune has not been done. There's no definitive Dune, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm we, looking forward to what this guy will do, and hopefully, hopefully that's true. Because sometimes, you know, they associate people with projects mm-hmm. uh, that that turn out to uh, turn out not to be um, a project. But, Right. But this guy, as I remember, he also did Gravity. So he's a. I look at his track record, and I'm willing. I, I and I try. I'm willing to trust him. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's um, done some good. I mean, the, the, the movies that I've seen, I, I liked Arrival. He did. He did. Uh, uh, I don't. No, he didn't do Gravity. He didn't do Gravity. No, that's that Voss Goran, as I think of it. That's yeah, a different yeah. guy. Yeah, but uh, he did. Uh, he did Arrival, which is I thought was solid. He did. He which I, I like. It was. That it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I you know I, I think he has a style. He has an intake uh, when you watch his movies. I mean, another movie I liked, which I thought was good, it was Prisoners. You ever see that one? Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, he's got a track record. I'm good. I'm so, you know I'm fine. I, I don't think he'll blow this at all. Uh, it's just that uh, depending upon what he does, you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to walk in a movie going like, oh yeah. You could blow this. I don't think he'll blow it, but it, it could turn out to like. But that's not a path I would have gone. Right. 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 Sometimes you get a movie that's still. 
as I've always been fond of saying, I, I don't judge movies by what what I want them to be. I judge them by what they are. Mm-hmm. But it's hard not to be disappointed sometimes to see a movie which you felt could have been better if they'd gone a different way, right? And okay. that that's my that's my only misgiving is like, what what will this be? As far as uh, Rick Deckard as a replicant, <clears throat> I've never liked that. Uh, I, I don't feel in the in the book Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep uh, by Philip K. Dick. I don't believe that he was a replicant in that. Um, in the first, the, the theatrical version of Blade Runner, I, you don't get the feeling that he's a replicant. But then when they have the so-called director's cut, when they put the unicorn scene in there, um, then like, oh, yeah, implanted memory, that, yeah, I, that he's, a, he's a replicant. I think Ridley Scott believes he's a replicant. So, I no, I, I sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but but I think it, that I think the story works better him being a human. Because, oh yeah, absolutely. Because number one, he's 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 not off world, and and he's not he's this kind of this, you know, he's he's your classic forties, you know, detective, and 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 um um you know, well, life see, hasn't gone probably the way that he would have liked it to have, you know. What well, I mean? see, that's the thing when you when people have. You know, like I say, don't judge a movie by its book, right? Mm-hmm. And and if you read the book and then you you watch the movie, you realize that there were so many things in the book that that would not. And I've seen this happen with movies where it won't cost you anything to put that in your movie. Mm-hmm. Right? It won't cost. Like there's a whole thing about religion in the book called Mercerism, right? Sure. Yeah, you're just going to confuse people with that. You stick that in your movie, you're going to get people are going to get lost. So you can leave that out. But there's just a lot of little nice little things in the book that that you could have put in your movie. Because in the book, nobody lives on the planet Earth. They all go off-world. Planet Earth is not a good place to be. So only kind of stupid people are still here, right? They call them chicken heads. And, and people who are just kind of burned out and got nowhere to go, right? And that's kind of Deckard's character. But in the book, he's married. And he's got problems. And he's, he, you know, he's, he's very human in that, in that sense. So... Um, uh, I, I think there's things that you could have done like that with that character. Ultimately, Blade Runner, and I do like the film quite a bit, but ultimately Blade Runner is just a noir film set in the near future. Yeah, agreed. Like, all, the, all the sci-fi stuff that Philip K. Dick talks about and gets into in his books, including Do Android's Dream, are, is not, it's not really in that movie. Mm-hmm. right? And that's the thing about Blade Runner. As much as I love it, had you been able to put that kind of Stanley Kubrickian sci-fi element into that, you would have had something that I think would have been outstandingly classic. It's a classic movie in many ways for many people, uh, but it doesn't rise to the level of like, yeah, this is one of the most outstanding science fiction movies of all time. So I think what people come back to on that movie is the look and the and the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. Um, yep. But it still, but it transcends. It transcends its noir roots. It's, so to speak. it's certainly not the performances because the performances are kind of stiff. no, no, no. And like for example, just as an example, uh, in the book, the 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 Zora character, the snake dancer, yeah, right, in the movie, right? She's uh, Joanna Cassidy played her. Uh, you know, she's kind of a badass in the film, right? And she's kind of nasty. And and in the book, she, her that character was an opera singer. Mm-hmm. Who brought joy to people was just kind of that. that she wasn't bothering I mean, anybody. She was she was just singing opera, and people loved her. And Deckard had to wrestle with the, his conscience about retiring her because she wasn't dangerous. Where in the movie, all the replicants are dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I got to retire them regardless of what they're doing because they are a threat. 
But in the book, some of them are not threats, and that, I think, makes it more interesting. And that's, to me, like I said, you could do that in your movie, and it doesn't cost you anything. Right, right. This may may take you a little longer with the script, and you might, you know what I mean? Getting the right writers on it, that will note that kind of subtlety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Um, uh, I know you had said in an email today that you had seen the first of the uh, MST3Ks. Yeah, well, not I not the I I only saw one episode, but it was a random episode. Oh, uh, which episode was it? Do you remember? The oh movie? gosh, it was something about the <laughs> the movie was terrible. It was something about the the sorcerer and the tower. It was kind of like a magic movie, like a, a Harry Potter set in the Middle Ages. Um, uh-huh. did had did had now have you seen any of these? Yes. Okay, so you I've know seen, which one I'm I've talking seen, about. I've seen them in order. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm looking so, up the name of that film right now. So yeah, and there was like the kid had a sidekick, which just looked like a big guy in a goofy. Was it the Lost Kingdom? Yeah, that sounds right. So um, so I was watching it with friends because I want because I was like, hey, let's watch this, right? I, I want to watch like one episode because I don't I don't have uh I don't have Netflix. So we're over there. They have Netflix. So um. I said, let's watch one, right? And so we're watching the beginning of it, and, like, no one's really feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. And the jokes just kind of really aren't there. I said, well, you know, let's see what happens when it gets to the movie, right? Let, let's see what happens when we get to the movie. And, and once, we get into the, once we get into the movie, uh, everyone starts laughing, right? Mm-hmm. Every, everyone's having a grand time. I mean, they're laughing pretty, pretty freaking hard. Yeah. So I think that that kind of demonstrates that uh, the audience is still there. Now, having said that, I mean one of the problems I had with the with the, the especially the Mike Nelson years, right, with the Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Hmm. Um, and I like Mike Nelson. I'm, I've always been more of a Joel Hodgson fan or Hodgson, how I pronounce his name. Uh, but um, uh, they they kind of all the the side sidebar segments, not the movie itself, but a lot of the sidebar things that they did. Uh, we're not always that funny to me. Agreed. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, Mike, when Mike took over for Joel, there was a lot of pushback because a lot of people don't didn't like Mike. But in yeah. time, now we just think of them sort of together. Um, a lot of people don't don't talk about there's a there was a another uh, 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 there was another some more a different mad um, in the early days on the public access days, but. Jonah Jonah Ray coming in and and the new Mads and everything being so different, it feels like your like your mom and dad got divorced and this now you got a new dad and it just it took a while for me to to adjust. He's a good guy and he's a fine dad, but it just took a while for me to adjust. You're talking about Mike Nelson. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, so, so yeah. Well, it's like Bob I, Wilkins and John Stanley and yeah, Peter exactly, Beach, right? exactly. Um, but. MST3K, like in my case, I use it when I go to sleep. I, t- I put an MST3 on, <laughs> yeah. and I always go to sleep. And so after a while, I've watched these episodes once or twice now, maybe a couple yeah. of them three times, and little by little, that sense of, of alien and abnormality is going away. Um, I do think that the, the at some point in the series, there's a couple of musical numbers, which I think are really misguided, because it comes off like uh, Dr. Terrible's sing-along blog. Um, well, or yeah, I mean, I, called. I, I, I thought Joel was the bomb, and I thought when you watch those early episodes, it's more about the movie and them mocking it, mm-hmm. right? 
when you get into the Mike Nelson years, I, 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 Mike is fine. I'm, I'm okay with Mike. I mean, I like a lot of the stuff that they did. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, what's your favorite James Bond, right? Connery's always going to be my favorite Bond, but there's room for other James Bonds. So I don't, I don't really have a problem with Mike, per se, but uh, like I said, I always had a problem kind of with, like, you're, you're getting away from mocking your movies and kind of doing your own shtick with this right, stuff. Right. And some, you, of those, some of those segments were quite long. When it got to the stuff recall. like the the nanobots that were fixing the ship, and then and yeah, and, and the but they whole had that thing. whole kind of Planet of the Apes thing that they were doing one time. Yeah, and, with and, the with the daughter of Forrester. Yeah, right? yeah, and I just thought like you know I I don't that's like your own separate show like that's a spinoff or yeah, something. I don't care. Right? I don't care and about so, any of that. Yeah, exactly. So so I kind of had a little bit of that. And I only saw the one episode, but I, I only had a, I have a little bit of that feeling with this new guy Jonah Ray. And kind of what um, uh, Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt are doing, you know. Mm. I mean, they, mm. so so it's like, yeah, I, I it, that stuff just what they were doing wasn't funny to me. Now, and I, that's the thing. It's, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I I do think that like Patton Oswalt is being horribly underused in, in this, and I, he's great. I yeah, like that. I, I love Patton Oswalt. Um, the uh, uh, Felicia Day thing is just, and then him. Then at one point, she wants to try to. There's something about marrying Jonah and it's just like it's so beside the point that yeah, yeah I, I hear you they are intrusions in, in every sense of the word and the thing was when, when under the in the Joel years which weren't all that long quite frankly but when they would do sidebar stuff it was funny yeah sometimes right? I just I just, just I laughed sometimes you know, sometimes they weren't funny but at least they were short yeah they well they were short and you kind of you, you kind of they had some cachet right so it's it's kind of like a comedian and, doing a whole bunch of jokes. Some jokes you're going to hit, some jokes right. you're going to miss. And they but, were novel. But by the time we get to the Mike years, it's like um, uh, they're not so novel anymore. Now they're just no. shtick. And yeah, and they and they miss more than they hit. And um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know how what the concept, how they decided how they, the way they wanted to go. But I, I don't know if you need to have the daughter of Clayton Forrester. I don't need you know if you need to have the son of TV's Frank. I mean, I think you could just have jump-started this movie and just kind of spent more time on the, the mocking it, mm-hmm. and then, you know, with maybe some sidebar stuff. But I think but you, the, you, after the introduction of the Mads, you eliminate the Mads, and yeah. let, let them, ju- it'll just be them entering the theater, and you run the film. End of story. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting, too, that they, they give more of a role to Gypsy, because Gypsy can come in and, and make some yeah. comments. And I like that. Yeah, I, um, I I like that Tom Servo can can fly now, but only in the theater. And and, yeah. and you know it's it those kind of things I'm all I'm all for. I love the show. I think it would be great. I wish, to be honest, that there would be a, can be an R-rated MST3K. Imagine if you could. Well, that go, would. Yeah, if you could go blue. Um, yeah. In your in your snarky comments, you know it. So, and I'm shocked I just hope that, that no one is has, has someone hasn't done it. I just hope that if they do that, they don't re- they don't like to do a film like Irreversible, <laughs> because I, well, I don't know what Doug, you do with that. I take one. that back. I take I take that back. Doug Benson kind of does it. Um, he has this thing called the Benson interruption that he does mm-hmm. at movie theaters where they'll play like they'll play uh, uh, I don't know Underworld, and he sits there on stage with a mic and he talks back to the screen, and he's a Canadian yeah, okay. and it's funny. So I guess somebody is doing it. Um, but uh, I'd like to see someone other than Doug Benson do it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Mystery Science Theater 3000 was a great concept. I mean, who, who, 
if you watch a lot of films, I mean, gosh, I mean, we used to do it right, right? We used to, we used to sit around and mock films before there even was a mystery. Sure, Science that's what they make beer right? for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we used to do those uh, get together, watch Doctor Who, get the get the beer mm-hmm. out, and uh, just have have a good old time. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a cool concept, and I th- I think it's can certainly be done. It, it's just that uh, based upon the one episode. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it might take a little for me to get yeah. used to it if I watch more. I'm, I'm not really buying Jonah Ray as much as I bought Joel or Mike. Mm. I, uh, I, I, the I was, voices are a little don't. I like I like the voices from the previous shows. I would say hang in nitpick. there. I would say hang oh, yeah, in there, yeah. and uh, 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 pretty soon it'll just dovetail into all of it. I to this now I have a choice. I can go to the old stuff. I, where before I could just go to the. Uh, you know, either Mike years or, or, or the Joel years. Like now I have a third option. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, and they still find movies that are terrible. <laughs> yeah, right? there's, there's that, that, there. uh, what was that? What was it called? Warriors? What was it? What did you say it was? What episode was that? Uh, shit. Sorcerer Warrior of the... God, that was absolutely horrible, that film. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how that got made. <laughs> um... At least on some of those, Lost Kingdom. Yeah, at least some of those movies they made in the fifties, like you felt like they were horrible, but they were trying. Sure, <laughs> sure. man, sure. That, that movie. But is you like, know, they've wow. done, they've done, you know, the or last, Bo Spenson. The last yeah. episode of MST3K was Mario Bava's Danger Diabolic. So you know, oh, they've they've, they've done good films. Reptilicus is a classic, and they did that. That's their very first episode. Yeah, yeah, I saw that because we so. we went through the panel, we went through the, the the listing of what was there, and so the consensus was like, oh, let's check out this one. So that's the one we. Well, checked there's, out. I guess, there's two of them. There's Wizards of the Lost Kingdom one, and then there's a two. So two, yeah. it's two episodes. But anyway, because uh, you know the shit wasn't enough the first time, they gotta they gotta double it up for you the second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I would say hang in there. Uh, let's see. Um, here here here's something for you. Uh, Will Ferrell and Jason Momoa in a dad-son comedy. <laughs> who's the dad and who's the son? Uh, I'm going to guess Will Ferrell is the dad. But I mean that—that's the duo, or it's like they're dads with kids. No, it's it's a it's a dad-son. It's like it's like from what I can understand, what like I think Will Ferrell's going to be the dad, and maybe the Momoa is a long-lost son, or. I don't know. It sounds like a terrible idea. It sounds like the other guys all over again. Well, uh, based upon what you've told me, my response would be not feeling it. Okay. That's what <laughs> I, I figured. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, not feeling it. Uh, hey, have you, hey, have you seen American Gods? Yes, I have seen the first episode. Uh, I think the second episode airs tonight. I, everyone online is loving it. Uh... I, I yeah I don't know what to say I mean it's it's really pretty I mean it, uh, Brian Fuller kind of brings his Hannibal uh, style to the show it's it's it it's kind of freaky deaky yeah there's just so many things going on there I I really don't know what to make of it um, uh, I mean I you can it's very easy to get lost in visuals mm-hmm. right and yeah. I, I don't the the acting. Uh, Ian McShane's always good, but you know I think Ian McShane seems to be channeling Al Swearingen a lot in a lot of his roles <laughs> lately, right? And so, so it's like is that is that Al Swearingen or Mr. Wednesday? Uh, I'm not sure, but um, um, but yeah, I mean it was interesting enough for me to come back, but it, 
But despite all the visuals, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to make of um, what's going on there. Huh. Uh, the concept, I have not read the book, so I, I can't comment there, but but the concept sounds interesting. Old pagan gods versus the new gods of, uh, of like, American consumerism and technology and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I... I'm a fanboy to a point, but I'm not the ultimate fanboy. I think sometimes ultimate fanboys will look at this and go like, Oh my god, look at that! There's a guy being swallowed up into the vagina of a woman. Oh, that's cool. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, interesting, but yeah, well, it didn't wow me. It's, it's, I'll say that. It is Neil Gaiman, and the, the book has a you know, notoriety. I, 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 it'd be hard to say whether that notoriety is because it's a good book or is because it's a Neil Gaiman book. Um, but Gaiman's usually pretty facile with words. Uh, I think his his constructs get a little, you know, a little highfalutin to be honest, considering that he's doing genre. But uh, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I haven't seen any of it. The stills I'm seeing look good, and like I say, the people I'm reading online seem to be responding favorably to it. Yeah, so. I'm I'm going to say it's going to do. Uh, I I would think it's going to do well. I mean, there there are people in the show that I like. Uh, Emily Browning's in it, and uh, she, although in the first episode she has very limited things to do, but I like her, and I'm kind of looking forward to see what happens with uh, Crispin Glover because he's going to be in it. Uh, the the guy who plays uh, the Shadow Moon, uh, Ricky Whittle, um, I'm not sh- quite sure what to make of him yet because I, I, I don't know if it's his character that he. he, he 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 doesn't. Uh, I don't know how to put it. He, he I, I I don't find his character as interesting. But that okay. but that could. And I don't know if it's because of the role, because of what he has to do, mm-hmm. or if it's because of him as an actor, um, or you know he's going to he's got more stuff going on. He's going to they're going to develop him. I don't know what to make of it other than you know it's a first first episode. So sometimes you have to be careful. I All think right. when you get into a show, maybe four episodes. Mm-hmm. If if it hasn't caught you by four episodes. Then yeah, bail. you know you bail. Yeah, yeah you hit you know, the ejector so. seat on it. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's a it, there's a lot of strange things to it. It it's kind of reminds me of um, a preacher. Oh, okay. Right? It, it's like yeah. well, in the sense of like there's a lot of bizarre shit that goes on in these things, and people really really dig it, right? But sometimes I I, I get lost in it, and like and I'm like ah, I I don't I'm not digging it because I don't the strangeness I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. But then I can see other movies where they have they go down a certain path. Like it works for me, mm. right? Preacher as a TV series that didn't really work for me. Okay. Even the comic, I have to say, what's his blasphemy? But even the uh, I, I never read the entire series, but I read uh, the beginning of it, and it didn't really blow me away. Hmm. But again, that could just be me. <laughs> I could be totally wrong. Another uh, thing I, I watched, by the way, which I could recommend that I liked quite a bit, hmm. um, and I think it really builds to a nice. Uh, uh, um, it builds to a nice finale. Was uh, uh, a TV show, a TV series, a part TV series called Feud, Betty and Joan. Oh sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, and um, which kind of kind of fascinates me because it because of like, you have two iconic Hollywood stars, Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, being played by two modern iconic Hollywood stars, uh, Susan Sarandon and uh, Jessica Lange. Right. And it, it, it involves uh, the making, at least initially, it involves the making of whatever happened to Baby Jane, right? Mm-hmm. And they and hated there, they, each other. The, yeah, yeah. So they, so they... Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, so they spin it off from there. Um, but what's interesting is that but both these actresses, uh, uh, Sarandon and, and Lange, um, do a fine job. I mean, they're really good. And, and I could see uh, them being nominated for Emmys. 
And what's kind of fascinating, if that is the case, then it's kind of like what happened in whatever happened to Baby Jane, where Betty Davis gets nominated oh, for funny. an Academy that's Award funny. and Joan Crawford yeah. does not. That's funny. But Joan Crawford really has the harder role in that movie, and I think Jessica Lange playing Joan Crawford in Feud has the harder role. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not as broad and, and wild as Betty Davis, you know what I mean? No, and both of those actresses uh, capture the, the, these former actresses well without making them caricatures mm-hmm. that sometimes happens. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so I, I can recommend that. I thought that was quite good. And then from my understanding, it's a feud is a TV series. Betty and Joan is the first of the series, and then the next one is going to be, I, I believe, is going to be about uh, uh, the relationship between Prince Charles and Princess yeah, Diane. Yeah, Princess Diane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the back to the Will Ferrell, Jason Momoa thing. There's also yeah. a, uh, another comedy with uh, Jeff Goldblum and Danny uh, DeVito coming. Let me guess, they're brothers. <laughs> Identical twins. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I hate that stuff. I hate when it's just like, well, you know, it's it's like, well, chocolate and peanut butter, right? <laughs> and, and, well, hey, no, chocolate and peanut butter is a good combo. I'm down with chocolate and peanut butter. I don't know about Jeff Goldblum. Although, you know what, Jeff Goldblum, um, what is it, a couple weeks ago now? He just yeah. showed up someplace with a food truck that said Chef Goldblum on it, and he was handing out sandwiches. So Jeff Jeff Goldblum's one of those actors like Peter Weller, right? It's like I, I've always liked them. They they they're always fun to watch. They're not they're not always in big movies. Sometimes they're kind of in cult movies or smaller movies, but they're both they're both fun actors. They have it. They have an interesting style, especially Goldblum. Goldblum's always had kind of an interesting style to me, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't. So, so what's the? I still don't. What's the premise of? There is none. They just said that they're that they're they're working on a comedy together. See, that's the thing. Is like, do these guys sit around a table and put some lines of coke out, snort it, and just go like, uh, Goldblum and Devito? Yeah, yeah, that you sounds know, good. I, uh, one last thing about Goldblum. I, I he doesn't get the proper respect he deserves. Um, I agree for the work that he did on Law and Order SVU. Oh, yeah. I don't think he gets the he's, proper it's a great, recognition for a lot of stuff that he's done. Just, but like, he's the, good. just like the Christopher Knopf years, there's these these little sub-sections of that, that show that uh, uh, um, uh, go, it's really Hitchcock, um, uh, really Holmesian and very uh, oh. uh, uh, it's great stuff. And, and, and But whenever they mention it, uh, not SVU, I'm sorry, Criminal Intent. Um, when they mention Criminal Intent, they always go to D'Onofrio. Um, uh, where, but I think that that Goldblum is is he was on he was on for those years when D'Onofrio quit or something something like that. Um, let's see. Do you want to go? Let, let's go to what we've been watching. I got a couple of more news things, but let's go to to what we've been watching and we'll we'll, we'll do a little of that. Um, okay. Go ahead. Do you want to start off? Uh, well, there's a documentary um that I watched called Ed Gein, the Ghoul of Plainfield. <laughs> um, a lot. It's a lot of talking heads, and it's a lot of history. And if you're, if you're, if you know the story of Ed Gein, um, he was sort of the model for uh, a lot of things. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So um, uh, it's great. It's, it's a solid documentary. If you like that kind of thing, you're kind of in before you hit start. Um, uh, uh, but it's well done. David Scal is one of the talking heads, and and he's like. Uh, that's like that's uh the, that's the comedian. See a comedian? 
Ed like Gein. That? No, no, he he used to grave rob and necrophilic and um, made lampshades out of people's skins and. Yeah, um, like I said, he's a comedian. <laughs> he's a performance artist. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got that wrong. There's my a, bad. My bad. Uh, Shit, I'm trying to remember the name of the film now. Um, there's a great, there's a great almost, and that's why we shouldn't make it up as we go along. Yeah, there's a great almost documentary. It's gonna derange. There's a great horror film called Derange that is very much kind of like an Ed Gein biopic, and it's great, okay. and it's great um, uh, as as that kind of horror film. Um, um, yeah, but it was it was well done. You could probably find it on either Netflix or YouTube or something like that. If you're into it. What else have you seen? Uh, no, go ahead. We'll go back. Let's go back and forth. That'll be fun. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, then uh, for the last last, uh, I'd say two weeks, uh, uh, the I saw Your Name, which is the uh, uh, Japanese anime film that's doing incredibly oh, well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, I really liked it. Yeah, I it's a uh, it's an amazingly beautifully crafted film, and I, I've always. Uh, like Japanese anime uh, because when you think about animated films here in America, they're usually comedic and fun and have songs. And but uh, Japanese anime concerns itself with um, a lot of serious uh, subjects. It can. It yeah. can also go completely silly and. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, but but uh, yeah. this is uh, this is an interesting movie, um, and I don't want to give too much away for people who have have seen it, but basically. Concerns a couple of young high school students, a girl and a boy, who live in different parts of Japan, and they wind up uh, switching bodies. Um, and they don't know how this happens, why, but it's happening to them. And once it, it, it happens in intervals, so when the interval comes to an end, they they kind of sort of remember it, but the memory doesn't last. It fades and it fades out. Hmm. And so um, uh, so they start to realize that hey, there is something going on here. There is a phenomenon. So they start leaving each other's uh, notes to themselves. So when they go back to who they are, they know something had happened. So they leave like uh, notes and notebooks and text messages, etc. And um, they start to become involved in each other's lives to the point of causing complications. Uh, and as, as you watch the movie, you learn about them, you learn the backgrounds, you learn about their relationships, and uh, you start to learn why this happened. And uh, there, there are certainly lighter moments in the film. Uh, but um, it has a very serious sense of purpose, I would say. It has like a very nice mystical background, how, why the events unfold the way they do. Hmm. And um, uh, it talks about the longing that people have for each other, even though they can't always explain it. I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautifully done movie, and I found it very haunting. It stays with you after you watch it, and I uh, found it very satisfying. So, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I had seen I, the trailer, and, and it looked great. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know what to make of it because you, you get you get the, the kind of the plot contrivance, but I, I you know I, you don't know why things are happening the way they do. But wonderful movie, uh, I, my understanding, it's the highest grossing uh, anime film throughout the world, I guess of all time. And uh, and I'm just talking anime, right? Not animated, but mm -hmm. anime. And I believe it was like the fourth highest, I think, uh, film uh, or one of the highest grossing films in Japanese history. So that says a lot, right? So obviously there's something to that movie. But yeah, if you like anime, or if you want something a little different, check it out. Okay. Um, I uh, uh, was feeling kind of nostalgic this week, and I didn't want to have to work too hard because I was busy prepping for Crypticon. But, uh, so I just sat on a lot of comfort stuff, did a lot of rewatching of things. 
Um, one of the things I rewatched. Now that's interesting because you always say you don't like to rewatch stuff. You don't like I to know, revisit. I yeah, yeah, I, I revisit. It, you'll you'll see that some of these why will be, will be very apparent, and some of them were just me misremembering misremember, things. Um, <laughs> um, but I but I sat through uh, 1970s Sam Peckinpah, The Ballad of Cable Hogue. Yeah, that's an interesting movie. Yeah, it is. It is Jason Robards and Sarah Stevens, David Warner. Um, bunch of character actors like Strether Martin and Slim Pickens are in there. And yeah. uh um the typical peck and paw cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great it's great stuff. It's it's uh it's an underrated peck and paw film, but uh um uh, it's got it's got some great stuff in it. And uh and the way they often said the way that Peck and Paw shot Stevens or that you could tell like he just loved her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's she's beautiful. Yeah, and he and he photographed her in such a way and put her in scenes in such a ways to take advantage of that. Hmm. So yeah, I it's of course it's highly 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 recommended because it's a Peckinpah film, but also because it's uh, it's one of those little undiscovered gems. That's great. Yeah. So go ahead. You got the next one. Yeah, next one I won't spend too much time with Power Rangers. Yeah. Why in earth would you go see this thing? Because I see all kinds of films, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I'll see the indies. I'll see There's the big stuff. Something about a man stuff. in his fifties at a Power Rangers. <laughs> well, you know, see, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the audience that Power Rangers is designed for. You know, uh, I, I, I freely admit that. But, uh, but uh, you know, I never, I never watched the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger TV show, but, but which was based upon a Japanese show. Now, My understanding is they. What's that? I was too old by the time the Power Rangers came. Yeah, out. yeah, but I mean the the, the the apparently they took a Japanese show called the Super Sentai series. Mm-hmm. They took all the action sequences and then they recast uh, the out of costume sequences with American actors and then changed the title and it became a big pop culture hit as everybody knows. But okay, so going to the film, saw it. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's not a bad movie. Um, I, I think it is kind of more designed for kids. Mm-hmm. And or it, there's you know there's typical messages in there that parents will like if they've got kids, um, and the one thing I'll give them which I, I thought was kind of fascinating it's a little bit of a longer movie than normal for these types of things, but um, they took their time developing the characters of the new Power Rangers. Good, and I and I greatly appreciated that because a lot of films like this, uh, you get right into it right. Mm-hmm. So the the the, the kids. I'm sure the next really, I'm sure the next one will be that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids like, really don't get into their costumes till kind of towards the end. But I like the character development. I, I like that they spent, spent time on that. Now, the one thing I didn't like was they have a villain. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. But, yeah, play, she plays Rita Repulsa, uh-huh. and that was terribly underdeveloped. Oh, and it's like, man, if you're going to spend some time developing the, 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 the Power Rangers, why not spend some time, time with her? Yeah. Uh, she looked great. She does, but she basically walks around saying stuff like "crush them." Right? I mean, so there's, 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 they, they could have made her interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those movies where I go like, "Oh man, I would have done this, this, and this." Okay, okay, right? that's fair. But um, but as it is, I think it's kind of fun. I think it's more designed for kids. Um, if you can channel your inner inner child, uh, then you you might like it. Sometimes I've been known to do that. People think of me as immature, mm-hmm. so. So I can go see a movie like that and go like, yeah, it was it was okay, you know. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't it wasn't uh, you know terrible, but uh, and and the action scenes are pretty standard fare, and you can see the ending coming from a mile away. But but um yeah yeah it was all right. Okay okay. Uh, 
When in 2011, when Lucky McGee's The Woman came out, uh, I hated it and and slammed it in every review I wrote of it. And um, I, I found it exploitative. And it's based on a, a Jack Ketchum uh, and Lucky McGee story. Um, uh, star, it stars the girl, the the trash people leader from Walking Dead, uh, Pollyanna McIntosh. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's got um, Angela Bettis in it and, and whatever. So it's about this n- sort of uh, a successful country lawyer who they they find this sort of feral woman. And um, uh, they lock her in the in the barn or something. They capture her and they chain her up, you know, to, to, at first because they're like, oh, my God, there's this crazy feral woman here. And then it, then they proceed to sort of, uh, uh, like the son at one point decides, like, you know, <laughs> I'm horny, and there's this woman <laughs> out there. And it's just uh, sort of how this woman sort of um, uh, affects their lives. And, it, and, I, and you know, it, it was notable because when it came out at Sundance, this guy, somebody stood up in the audience and started this big rant about how exploitative some bullshit about it. I don't even remember what it was but um, uh, it's, it was supposed to be kind of sort of a uh, a spinoff from Ketchum's um, book Open Season uh, which the Open Season I highly recommend um, about a, a gang of feral, a feral family that lives in the hills that hunt the campgrounds and that kind of thing. Um, but the, the woman is a lot of people that I know in the horror genre really love it. Um, I didn't, I didn't want, didn't love it on the first time and I didn't love it on the second time. And, um, so yeah, this one is definitely got a, got a, a one star, one out of five stars for me. I, I was not a fan. So I would say skip this one. Why did you decide to watch it a second time? Well, because, uh, it's one of those things where I watch a movie and I hate it, and but everyone around I know around me is like, no, oh, no, the woman's really good, and 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 so many people have told me that since it came out in 2011, that I just it came up on a on this thing I was this stuff I was watching and, and I was like, all right, you know what, I'm gonna give that movie another chance because I'm gonna try to be open minded, and uh, this will teach me. <laughs> Back to being closed minded. <laughs> ah, that movie sucked. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead, what's uh, yeah, I uh, another movie I saw um, was the Lost City of Z. That's the Amazon thing, right? With uh, yeah, Charlie Hunnam yeah. and uh, Sienna Miller. King and, Arthur. Um, and... Yeah, he's going to be in the yeah he's going to be in the upcoming uh, Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way to describe this movie is um, there was a because I I will read reviews. Uh, lots of times I'll see a movie and whether I like it or not, I'll just read reviews. Just kind of I don't read a lot of them, but I. I Read some just to see kind of what people are saying. And one, and one of the reviews, uh, and the reviews are pretty good. Uh, I, I think this film is a three-star out of four-star, because I use a four-star scale. I think it's three stars. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, but uh, there's a guy by the name of, um, I think his name is Owen Gleiberman, or Gleiberman. He, he writes for Variety. And, 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 I, and I wrote the line down, because I just thought like it really hits this movie. He said that Lost City of Z is a, quote, finely crafted, elegantly shot, sharply sincere movie that is more absorbing than powerful. Hmm. 
And yeah, I, I would say that because one thing about the movies, like I thought, I thought it did everything well. It just didn't do it, it. But as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, huh? I wonder if if um, David Lean had made this movie, what we would have got. Mm. I wonder if Terrence Malick had made this movie, what would we have got? Because that's the thing; it, it is absorbing. I was never bored by it. I thought everything was done well, but it just I wanted something more powerful. Mm. Right? I, I really wanted to feel like I'm I'm in that jungle with, with Colonel Kurtz. Right? Right. I I, I need I need to feel the, the, the power of that kind of experience. And I don't feel like it really gives you that. Mm. And uh, it, it uh, doesn't... Uh, the, it's, 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 it's beautifully shot, and it's a period piece, because it takes place in the early 20th century. It goes from about 1905 to about 1925. Um, so so, it, it, so it's, it's entertaining that. It is absorbing, and I think because it's absorbing, it is entertaining but yeah, I, I kind of thought like, hey, you know, I wish this could have been more powerful, as uh, as, as uh, Gleiberman, hopefully, I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, mm-hmm. uh, points out. But um, yeah, I do not, by any standard, think it's a bad movie. It's a good movie. It's a solid three star movie. Okay. And uh, and you don't see too many movies like this, right? They don't do these kind of epic adventures. But there's other movies out there that I like to kind of cover the same ground when it comes to uh, 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 movies of this nature. One being Mountains of the Moon, which I thought was quite good about the of uh, Burton and Speak, uh, Sir Richard Burton and uh, I forget uh, Jonathan Speak. I think maybe his name was. They were searching for the source of the Nile in okay. the, in the uh, um, uh, 19th century, and that that's a good movie that kind of covers similar ground about people on this mission to discover something and how, how it can drive you crazy. And huh. what have you. But, uh, but yeah, I could recommend. I can recommend the Lost City of Z. All right. Um, in the same way that I wanted to give the woman another chance. <laughs> I wanted. I uh, I also stumbled upon Pasolini's Solo. Oh yeah. Right. So uh, I I gave that a shot and pretty uh, again. Pretty now that was your second viewing. No, this was it was probably my fifth or sixth. Yeah, um, that's what I thought because I know this is a movie that's come up several times in your podcast. I, I keep I keep wanting again. It's when 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 you when you hear so many people like speak of a film in in one way or another you. You know, either you steer clear of it, or you 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 go and see it. And if it doesn't yeah. affect you the same way it affects other people, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I always go like, man, I must have been in a mood, or it was some bullshit that I w- that I just I just didn't get it. So I'll call, I'll go back now and again, especially on the film that I, I really don't like, and uh, it's especially on a t- at a time when I don't have to pay a lot of attention because I already kind of know what happens. Um, with solo, it's it's just it's just all just feels silly and you know like goofy hippies on a on a on a weekend. <laughs> just yeah. I mean, it's it's offensive, but it's offensive in in a way that it, like a ch- like a child tries to be offensive. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like it's this ha- everything's so done so in so such a ham-fisted manner, and it, it's it's just and maybe it was the fact that it was you know in, from the seventies or whatever, but yeah. I it, it sure okay and but I I probably would never see it again, you know. Well, five times seems like. Uh, I I don't know even if five times is exact I mean, the exact number, but I've I've seen it. It's been on at parties and I've seen it a couple of times in the theater and and you know you, again you keep trying to get, uh, give things a try, and you say there's a place for everything and but some things yeah okay maybe but put it way over there. Yeah, I've I've had um I mean it's it's 
it's interesting when you see movies like I would say decades apart, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember when I first saw Clash of the Titans, I saw it the same week I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I was a big, uh, which you know was an amazing movie of course back then, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But I, I remember going to see Clash of the Titans. I think that's Ray Harryhausen's last film, I believe, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, and I always been a big Harryhausen fan, and I was disappointed with it. Right? It's like, wow, you know, it just it just seemed like, yeah, this doesn't. It just seems like time had passed all these special effects by now, and it just seemed kind of lackluster. And it, and that's it. That's what, I saw it in whatever it was, 1982, I think it came out. Mm-hmm. And then you know, go forward several decades, I guess, and then you get into uh, the remake, Class of the Titans, right? So I decided to like, well, before I see the remake. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Clash of the Titans, which I had not seen since 1982, and uh, damn if I didn't think it was a better movie. <laughs> right, so like I, I don't I don't know why I don't know if it just took that much time if I was just not as much of a hard ass you know some years later, but I actually kind of you know, you know Clash of the Titans Harryhausen has kind of a charm right, which, but I didn't see it at first, but but I think you know if you've seen a movie four or five times you, you probably got it right, and if you don't like it you're not gonna like it. If you like it if you change your mind then that's different, but. Yeah, after a few viewings, I would think it's, you know two or three viewings should be enough. I would think. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but so, go ahead. But go ahead. Yeah. So uh, okay. So the other movie I saw uh, there's two more: uh, The Fate of the Furious. And yeah. uh, gosh, you know this movie has made one point one five eight billion with a B. <laughs> Dollars. Uh, its production budget was like 250 million, so that's a very nice return. About 500 million, my understanding, was made in the first like week, maybe even shorter than a week. Um, so, okay, so what do I think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I had fun. I, I, I kind of get a kick out of these movies. Uh, you know, I've seen the entire series, and uh, they just keep getting more outlandish. And they're making more and more money. Uh, I mean, you look at the box office of the early ones, and you look at the box office of the later ones, and it's incredible. I mean, this movie made over a billion dollars. The Furious 7 made over a billion dollars. The Fast and Furious 6 made almost a billion dollars. The thing that fascinates me, though, have you seen any of these movies, Tom? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, people, I guess that sums that up. uh, I am old. go, Go ahead. I'm I'll come old, back to you, but go ahead. And I don't have I don't have time. I there's nothing <laughs> there's there's nothing that I'm gonna ever gain from a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, see, I, I love that comment because I do make the time to see these movies, but you don't have the time. But you watch Solo five times. Well, over the course <laughs> of a lifetime, I, I yes, have. I just no, don't know. Okay. I just don't. I just I just I couldn't care less about right. any any of it. I I mean I figure. Go watch Vanishing Point. Go watch the first Gone in sixty seconds, and you're kind of and maybe Cannonball Run, and you're done with that genre of. Oh, you would be so wrong. You would be so wrong oh, because here's the thing. Stop. Oh, no, it's not, no, family. No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? It's all about family. No, yeah. I, I'm being. We'll I'm get being, to I'm, that, I'm sure. Yeah, we will. But I mean, I, I'm I'm being somewhat sarcastic, and here's here's why I'm saying you're wrong, and I'm being somewhat sarcastic. If you look at the first several movies, right, so the Fast and Furious, Too Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, which is probably the most racing movie all, out of all of them, because uh-huh. it really does a lot of racing in, in Tokyo Drift, and it's unique because it doesn't have the, the main cast in that except for, like, one guy or two guys. 
Um, they're they're basically movies that are based around illegal street racing and criminal heists. Sure. Right. So they're kind of like street level. But when did they become action. James Bond then? Yeah, yeah. Well, beginning with Fast and Furious Six, they and 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 going till to now, they become these large scale action adventure movies in which the team is no longer just kind of criminals doing stuff that you could kind of think they could do for real. They're now like superheroes, as like it's like a, an impossible mission force. Yeah. And and, they, and they're working for the government or some dark group <laughs> within the government to take on these James Bond Bond type villains. And it's like, wow, how do, how do we morph from street level? How do we get here? <laughs> yeah. How do we get here? But my understanding is from some of uh, and again I didn't do a lot of research into this, but uh, over, over the time I've read some stuff, they they decided that they really couldn't keep. Even though they were making money, they, they decided that they really couldn't keep doing these kind of street level racing movies, right? Mm-hmm. That, that there was that at some point you're going to tap out, right? You're, you're not going to care anymore. Sure. And and so I think when they changed up and went to the we went so we go from street level to you know James Bond level, I thought well that's kind of a ridiculous move. I mean you. It's almost unbelievable, and you got all these new characters. You got The Rock, you got Jason Statham. You know, you bring in all these characters. But damn, you know, if it doesn't work, because I, I think <laughs> that's the beauty of it. They're making way more money now than they did in the it's, beginning. It's the professional wrestling of cinema. Yeah, it is, but it but it works. I mean, I I'm just amazed how well it works. You know, and and then, and what cracks me up though is you haven't seen these movies, but anybody who's seen these movies knows the Jason Statham character. Um, uh, he, he, he's responsible, his name's Deckard Shaw in the films, he's responsible for killing one of the family members, which was a very popular guy, uh, played by the act, uh, actor, uh, I think his name was, in the, in the, in the, in the show, in the series, his name's Han, he plays Han, um, so, so, Statham is basically responsible for this guy's death, and yet somehow, some way, he winds up as part of the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, supposedly they're spinning it off now with just The Rock and him. The The Rock and Statham are and going Statham. to be they're, they're spin off as what? Uh, in their own film franchise. No, I hadn't heard that. That's yeah. seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I know. Um, yeah, so so you got uh in this in this latest movie, you have uh, Charlize Theron who plays this criminal cipher and um, uh, um, you know, it's like, oh well, she's she's the villain in this. Is she going to be the a team member in two movies from now? Uh, I don't knows? know. But I'll tell you, I I'm a sucker for them. I got a kick out of them. I like them. They're a lot of fun. Um, they've gone crazy, big budget movie adventures. And I don't mean like box office. I excuse me. I don't mean like budget. I mean the budgets have gone up on these things. Yeah. I, I think the first one was like 38 million, and this last one was uh, 250 million. But uh, yeah, they're raking in the dough. So, so I, you know, guilty pleasure, I guess, right? I'll just say guilty pleasure. Sure. But I had, I had a fun time. I had a it's, fun time with this. It's 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 saddened me a little to know. Well, you know, they, <laughs> that's okay. You know, I'm sorry. I'm a disappointment to my friends, but uh, <laughs> but I, I did like it. You know, there is some fun stuff in the movie. I mean, they there's a sequence kind of. I'm sure me of there Tom. is. There's a sequence like reminding me of John Woo where. Jason Statham's uh, going to get into a gunfight, but he can't leave this baby behind. So he puts he puts like earphones on the baby, and he's got it. I guess in a bulletproof baby basket, because it seemed like the basket was being shot. 
but he's doing a whole sequence where he's shooting guys and kicking guys and punching guys by holding on to the baby basket. Uh, did we? Did we the baby see? Our, in it. It's like did we already see well that? Done. Did we already yeah, see we have. that and, sh- and shoot him up? Yeah, yeah. yeah We've yeah. seen that kind of thing before, and that's yeah, what this yeah. movie does. Uh, it's like it does nothing that you haven't seen before, but for whatever reason, it's just kind of enjoyable, and it just kind of works, and, you All know, right. God help me. <laughs> All right. I don't know, ask me why, um, but I found uh, anytime I see a movie that's like a, like a Filipino horror film or a a horror film from Palestine or Pakistan or something like that. I'll <laughs> Anything with a P, it. in other words? Yeah, yeah. I'll look at it. I'll, I'll try to get a copy of it and look at it just because I, I think it's really fascinating to look at genre through different cultures' eyes. So there's a Filipino horror film called Text, T-X-T. It was put out in 2006. Um, it's, it's essentially like Takashi Miyake's One Missed Call, where a woman starts getting text messages from um, a killer that's, that starts sending her photos of people in their in, de- in death scenes, like, you know, scene of the crime kind of thing. And uh, then when these people start dying, you know, and it starts because they start dying closer and closer and closer to her. Um, it's uh, it's it's OK. It, it, it was OK. It was very much like one missed call. It was almost like this director and this writer had had seen one missed call and decided you know there's some cultural things that are interesting and and the and the ghost is kind of cool but um yeah unless you're a completist like me or you know weird like me I wouldn't say but if you happen to stumble upon it and you got nothing better to do sure it, it, from the sociological aspect of seeing how another culture interprets you know horror or it, it's 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 okay as that but again no, no, nothing to write home about Yes, you know that's being a weirdo. I mean, watching the watching the Fast and Furious series—that's that's normal. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. Yeah, so the final movie uh, is, of course, the, the 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 big dog that just opened up. And I say the big dog—I mean that in the positive sense—the the big Kahuna, the eight hundred pound gorilla, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, we're and, supposed um, to go see that this week. Yeah, it's fun. People are. The, the big question is, is it as good as the first one? Is it better? Most people seem to say they're about comparable. Mm-hmm. It's about the same. Um, I, I'm going to give a slight edge to the first one because uh, I, I think it was because the first time you saw it, and um, it, it had a nice uh, a mixture of comedy and action and, and even some nice uh, dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always walked out of the theater saying that was the best Star Wars films that George Lucas never made. Yeah. Because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like it borrows from that genre, but it, but it goes to a whole other level. Now the, the only difference with this one is I would say that there's and people have picked up on this as well. It's there's more comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does a lot more comedy than the first one. And even when they have moments of where oh they're kind of being serious here, it always kind of ends in a joke. Or right. So um, some people don't like that. I didn't have a problem with it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure it's going to do really, really well. Uh, it's you have doing a, really, really well. Yeah, you have a you have a, a, a new soundtrack, which I don't think works as well in this movie as it did in the first movie. I mean, the mm-hmm. first movie, the soundtrack I thought really was an integral part of the film's success. And I and I can't the, the soundtrack in this movie just seems like well, oh, here's some cool songs from this these decades, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But they do they, in some ways some songs do play a role in the movie. Um, sure. 
But um, you know, but yeah, I, it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And it's definitely a big thumbs up. I, I did I didn't see it. I did watch. I did see Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard talking about it on <clears throat> Batman and Batman. Uh, Batman on mm-hmm. Batman. And uh, Kevin Smith was in the bag for it because of course he was. And uh, Mark Bernard liked it, but he he said that it um it had it, it wasn't as good as the first one. And he described it that I thought was an interesting way as as being like feeling like Lethal Weapon three. Everyone, the gang was back together. We're happy to be there. We're happy to hang out with these people. And uh, uh, th- and in this case, it turned out to be a fun ride. So I'm excited to see it. It's a little superhero-y for me, but uh, I did enjoy the first one. So well, it is part of the Marvel universe superheroes. I mean, you have. I mean, one. The, there's a couple of interesting additions. I mean, there's there's a main role for Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And I'm I've always been a big Kurt Russell fan, so it was fun seeing him. And in, in the beginning of the movie, they kind of do like uh, the remake of the Tron movie where they have Jeff Bridges and they de-age him. Right, right, right. So you see like this young Kurt Russell. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, although, you know, it still looks like a special effect. It doesn't look it still doesn't look quite normal, but it works well enough. And then you even get uh, Sylvester Stallone makes an appearance. Sure, sure, sure. They so, James Gunn says he wants to use Sylvester Stallone more. So, yeah, I could see that. I could sure see that. But uh yeah, definitely fun. Yeah, right on. Speaking of the MCU, you know what I read that uh, Kevin Feige in an interview um, said that at su- quote at some point end quote the MCU and the the TV universe is gonna they're gonna do a lot of some crossovers. Well, that you know, quite frankly, I'd rather see a Guardians of the Galaxy Star Wars crossover. But, uh, yeah, but can you yeah. imagine? Yeah, no, I'm serious. Yeah, I'd rather see that. But That's yeah, funny. I mean the TV, the TV. I mean the TV universe. Uh, what what do you got? You got Agents of Shield, which I don't think is that great. Mm-hmm. And and uh, they're going to have uh, I humans, think humans, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, which I, mean, I guess they took a lot of shit for when they released they, they released a photo of the cast. Yeah, and everyone I've seen was it. given the the costume shit. They were saying they looked terrible. Well, w- once again, but it's I mean, fandom, so. Yeah. Once again, here, here, you know, here we go. It's like, oh, the costumes. Well, you know, see the see the show, uh, and then then make your point. But I mean, ultimately, I, I, I getting hung up on costumes is irrelevant to me. I mean, the costumes looked, the costumes never look like they do in the comics, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's just a given. I mean, I don't uh, know. Hera, Hera in the new Thor looks pretty close. The yeah, blanket. but 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 I, I'll give you that. But I'm talking more of the superhero costumes, oh, sure, the Wonder sure. Woman's, the Batman's, the su- the yeah. Superman's, the you know the Daredevils, the, et cetera. Uh, they like they usually don't. Even the X Men, X Men costumes are not like they are in the comics. Sure, um, right. But because because the reality is, let's face it, it, this stuff doesn't necessarily translate to film very well, mm-hmm. right? So you have to you have to do. I mean, I remember when they made a TV movie with Spider-Man, right? Uh, way back when. And that was pretty much the costume from the from the the comics, right? It didn't look good, right? And then and then you know, years later you get you get uh, Tobey Maguire and, and the Spider-Man series and it's like, yeah, they they make the costume so it looks right for film. So, so you have to make changes. But um yeah, I mean it, it, the costume to me are the least of my worries, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is the script good? Is is the uh, is the right, story right. are the stories engaging? Right. Are the actors pulling it off? I mean, that, that's the thing that was disappointing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched, I don't know how many years it's been on now, I'm going to say four, maybe? Mm-hmm. I watched the first two seasons, and I, I bailed. I mean, I thought the second season was a little bit better, but the whole idea was like, hey, we're going to tie into the Marvel Universe of movies. Well, you really didn't, and you didn't 
you didn't bring in people you could have, and you could have told a lot of interesting stories, but it was just basically standard television 101, so I, I just didn't really care, and I bailed. Although people always say, oh, it's gotten better. Like, yeah, whatever, I'm done. Hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see it. I think I think it'll be fine. It'll be a fine and enjoyable time at the at the movies. Um, I watched uh, Don Coscarelli, the guy who did Phantasm. He has a movie called John Dies at the End, out from 2012. Yeah, I've heard about this. I've, I've um, not seen it. First time again. First time I saw it, I didn't like it. Uh, thought it was overrated. Thought too many people were pushing it on me to to you know how that happens. Um, but, uh, upon second watch, uh, my thought of it, it improves a little over time. Um, it's about a street drug that, that when people take it, it sends them, uh, across time and dimensions. And then when they come back, they're sometimes no longer human. And this guy is, um, uh, and his friend are sort of, uh, recruited to, to save mankind. It starts Chase Williamson, Rob Mays, and Paul Giamatti, who is, just uh, he's he, Paul Giamatti's awesome in everything, um, and he's yes. he, and he's and he really shines in this thing. So um, a qualified, you know, two out of five, two seven, two point seven five, or th- maybe maybe even three. <laughs> you know the the plot of that movie actually happened to me when I had a bad burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Time and space. Yeah, huh? yeah, it changed me forever. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the the one nice thing is that it's nice to see Don Coscarelli doing something other than a Phantasm movie. I don't know why. I mean, it's a popular series, and he, he's really milking it, man. But if you look at John Dies at the End, and if you look at his version of Joe Lansdale's uh, Incident on and Off a Mountain Road for the Masters of Horror series they did, um, yeah. both of those are great. They're great. Um, then he goes back keeps going back to phantasm and i don't know if it's just because he can get budgeting and um uh and then finally i also because of i i started i didn't want to wallow anymore um i rewatched phil lord and christopher miller's the lego movie which is awesome it was yeah fun. that's a lot of fun. i enjoyed that way more than i um i thought i thought i was going to and, and seeing it again was just like yeah yep yeah yeah i did in fact like the lego movie better than i like the lego batman movie um, even though it was, I, I, and maybe it was because I just expected, I wanted, I wanted the Batman movie to be great because it's Batman, but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, especially enjoy the interaction between rea- like sort of quote unquote reality and, and the, and the world of the Lego. So, uh, yeah, I think that works. I think I agree. I mean, I like, I like both movies, but I, I, I agree. I think the Lego movie works a little bit better because they have a better playground with Batman. You're limited to a certain playground. Mm-hmm. Right and although, although it works well enough, you know, speaking of uh, uh, kind of going back to things, you know, kind of brings me back to the Fast and Furious stuff with uh, with Vin Diesel. Sure. Because Diesel's kind of interesting to me. I mean, a lot of people hate hate his acting style, et cetera. But when you but when you think about it, when he was when he was first coming up, he, he was kind of in, in, into some interesting movies. He was like in Saving Private Ryan. And sure. Yeah, he had kind of a straight up role in Boiler Room, did Pitch Black. I like then, Pitch Black. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. So then, you know, he does the Fast and the Furious, and then like, bam! You're all of a sudden you got all these Fast and Furious movies and the Triple X movies, and Suppose you, you kind of wonder. He's go going back to the Triple X franchise. Yeah, well, they just came out with one that just came and went really. Oh really yeah, fast. it's already out. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. It was called Triple X: Return of Xander Kane, <laughs> but it didn't last for very long. <laughs> 
Man, you find you humor in that, Tom? I do. I, I mean, I think it's hilarious. Vin Diesel worked on a movie for like a year, <laughs> and then it's just it's in theaters, and no one knows, and no one goes. That's funny. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it, I just it, think it's funny in the way that it would be just debilitating. <laughs> I should just break my heart. That's man. Yeah, I, 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 in fact, I wanted to, I wanted to see the film, uh, but uh, by the time I. I uh, got around to being able to see it. It was gone, so it wasn't it wasn't in the theaters for very long. Um, but I, I will say this: I'm I, it made money. I, I, that I do know. Mm, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Man. I think that yeah. I mean, Donnie Yen was in it too. That's another Who's reason why I wanted to see it. Baby, did that guy eat to sell his to sell his yeah, soul um, for that? Jesus. Yeah, you had Tony Jaw was in it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh just, yeah. In fact, give me a second. Uh, da, 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 here we go. Yeah. Um, the budget for that movie was eighty-five million, and it made three hundred forty-six point one million. Wow! Yeah, and I, but that's the thing. I thought the movie did not do well, right? Because wow. I thought, like, man, if a movie disappears a couple of weeks, it's probably not very good, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But um, I, you know, and I looked at the box office, like, no, it did well. So, yeah, I guess we'll get we'll get more triple X movies, right? So, wow. but you have to wonder, like, could could have would would have Vin Diesel. All these movies, he he makes a lot of money. So is it about the money? Does he want to stretch his stretch his acting credentials out? I mean, does he care? Yeah, I, I have no that. clue. I'm just speculating. I don't did know. Did you see the Witchfinder or whatever movie he did? I did. Yeah, was that was very unlike Vin Diesel. In, in, in was it good? Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I I, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I like to borrow a a line from uh, the WWE that a wrestler uses. Is like, although I'm I'm paraphrasing. It's like. It's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie. It's just a movie. Okay. Right? There's right. there's there's nothing really special about it other than Vin Diesel plays against type. His mm. character is not like the tough street guy that you see uh in his other movies. And so that w- that was kind of interesting to me. But uh I've often wondered about actors sometimes like you, you get you get guys like Rutger Hauer who suddenly go from like this serious actor to just yeah, I'll take whatever role you want to give me, right? Mm-hmm. Or or Christopher Lambert, you know, same thing. Right. But but Diesel, you know, Diesel like kind of did start out like, hey, I could go this way if I wanted to. But um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem to be interested in doing anything that would push his ability to act. Right, right, right. right. So which I'm not knocking. I mean, you know, if you find you find the right thing to right. do, then stick with it and make your money. Well, but, works, works, right? right. Yeah, and, you know, and they could be make. I mean, if if, if the last two. Fast and Furious movies made over a billion dollars. Well, you know, I guess we'll. Yeah, we'll how do you how do you argue against that? You can't. You know, yeah, yeah you can't. Hey, you can't, nor will I. So uh, there's this a movie uh, coming out called Apostle. It's about a dude that supposedly like uh, is trying to retrieve his sister from a cult. And normally, yeah. I would read that and go, uh, okay. There's a certain set of skills like in Taken. Well. No, pro- probably. No, I'm just joking. Well, but no, listen. Um, <laughs> normally, I would let something like that just kind of whiz by me, except yeah. that this is uh, the next project for Gareth Evans, who did the Raid One Two. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> now suddenly you're interested, right? Yes, yes, you have my interest. As you <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, the I, I like the idea. I like uh, I like Gareth Evans. I think it, yeah. you know he he veered a little. On um, the raid two, I think it, it it sort of the raid one is essentially um, a game of death, right? It's a it's a yeah uh, or, or so. dread, 
the, the dread. Yeah, dread, the yeah, dread seemed like a seemed like the raid. Yeah, exactly. And the whole idea. Although they both both films work well. I think. Absolutely. I I the, the dread film is great. Yeah, there's so much I, I good was, stuff in that. I was, I was a big fan of that. That, um, now that movie I know did not do well, but but hopefully we'll, we'll, well, there's a Carl Urban no. keeps trying to get a Dread Two started with Netflix, but they don't bite. I wish they would. It, yeah, it'd be cool. Dread is a great series that you have to a Dread TV series if you could get away with it on like Showtime or something yeah. would be really cool. I agree. It's, a, it's an interesting universe. Yeah. You know this this movie where the the brother tries to rescue the girl from a cult. Mm-hmm. Have, have they cast anybody? No. Well, yeah, I, it, it was something cool. I ju- that I just heard today. Oh, it would be cool if they got Tom Cruise to play the lead. <laughs> Maybe take a cut in salary <laughs> for a piece of the pie. Sure, box pie. sure. Um, uh, I'm trying to. Remember, I heard some of the new Mummy movie. They called it uh, uh, Mummy Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw another trader when I was at the theater. A little bit di- di- different. Um, but hell, you know, I'm I'm gonna go see that. Oh sure, you know, I, again, you you got yeah. it. It does it does look like that. Though the only thing I I don't uh, right now the big question mark for me is, okay, this is supposedly the beginning of the Universal Monsters franchise. But well, that's what know, they I, said about the Dracula movie. And they, the yeah, Dracula movie. unfold. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, this of yeah. uh, uh, this supposedly is it. And and if you see some of the some of the traders out there they they kind of hint at that right yeah. but but um i'm just kind of fascinated in a way almost kind of in a train wreck kind of way like well how are you going to do this mm-hmm. cuz somehow i'm thinking this is not going to work right? i th- i think it's it's uh it's one of those things you just can't throw money at a problem and 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 make it Correct. better so yeah, we'll because if, if Dracula Untold was supposed to be the start of, which it was, which is what they said it was, yeah. it was kind of a low-budget movie uh, that really didn't do I mean, people didn't really care, Yeah. right? Yeah. And then this movie, okay, you're going to get a great start because it does have a Mission Impossible feel, and it has Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And Tom so, Cruise usually is pretty good about being projects. And, Absolutely, and I don't think he would get in front of the camera if he wasn't he wasn't solid with it. So the the mummy looks great. She yeah, looks but great. where do you go? I mean, so okay, now you have your mummy movie. What, what's next? If, if it, well, is it, oh, I'll is, tell you, is it, it, werewolf, Frankenstein, the creature, well, uh, the uh, invisible it, man. I mean, where do you go? In the trailer that you that you saw, did there's a one of the trailers I saw had uh, uh, Russell Crowe showing up, and yeah. they referred to him as Doctor Jekyll. So we'll probably get Dr. Well, that I didn't Mr. Catch. Hyde. Yeah, yeah, we'll probably, so that's what we'll probably get at some point. You know, I'm sure we'll get everybody. But the problem is that Universal didn't, it wasn't a deep roster. And sooner or later, you're forced into team-up movies or so-and-so versus so-and-so. Or, and the next step after that is the comedy, right? You get Frankenstein, you get Wolfman, and then you get Frankenstein versus Wolfman. And then ultimately you get Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and Wolfman. So you know, you're with this now it would, it would be with like Kevin Hart and The Rock, which by the way I hear that they're doing. There, there's talk about uh, a Kevin Hart, uh, a Kevin Hart and The Rock doing um, uh, a horror film, a horror comedy. Boy. Don't don't, don't uh, quote me on that, but I, that seems to be what I remember. Um, speaking of Universal, they uh, the Avatar, the guy that wrote Avatar is writing the script for a Gears of War movie. Now, I know you weren't a gamer, 
But um, Gears of War, solid franchise, makes lots of money as a game, super fun, and has a has an assault rifle like an alien assault rifle that has a chainsaw in the front of it. Oh, man. <laughs> Are we going to see Avatars 2, 3, and 4? Supposedly, the way... The what way, are these movies coming? What I had... Uh, I want to say in the last, one of the last couple of episodes, they're doing Avatar 2, and then a year later, Avatar 3, then they're taking a three- or four-year break, and then they're yeah. doing... doing um, uh, uh, one, two, three, four, and five. So, so let me ask you this. If that's the case... We'll, we'll never see four and five, I guarantee it. Okay, but... But let's say, for the sake of argument, that's the plan. Yeah. So that means James Cameron wants to end his career. I mean, I'm not going to say his career is going to be over, well, remember, but he's up there in years. Remember, so it's like, go ahead. Universal in uh, Florida, yeah. this year they're opening up Avatar Land, which is this huge uh, Universal Studios. Um, one, of the, one of the parks down there, maybe, anyway... Um, but it's this huge thing they with like boats that you go through and they they say you'll be able to ride dragons and and yeah they're it's they're going in all you can do that by shooting up heroin <laughs> they're going all in on on this uh, amusement park thing in preparation yeah. for this I, a lot of it depends on how the you know he's he's producing some stuff now I think he's doing Alita Battle Angel or something like that well they've been talking about that for a while I mean the last time I saw him. You know, he 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 was doing something when they were searching for Atlantis on like Discovery Channel. Oh yeah, he's, he likes he goes down to the Marianas Trench. To the well, yeah, but you, okay, I, I'm a fan of James Cameron, but I but I I it's like why why this Avatar thing? Why, why not other stuff? Why? I'm willing to bet it was a story he thought up when he was a kid, and he's held it with him the whole time, or some bullshit like that. That's usually what you get, like the that sort of. Uh, Ahab kind of thing, commitment to four. Films. I guess, but I mean, it's like as people like it's Fern Gully meets Dances with Wolves, right? I mean, there's there's nothing really special about the Avatar movie. Yeah, here, in my, here, here we go. In my humble opinion, other than this 3D, which is fantastic. Sure, sure. Avatar two in 2020, Avatar three in 2021, Avatar four in 2024, and Avatar five in 2025. Yeah, I. I I just wish he would do some other projects. I just, oh, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's going to produce them. Maybe not. Who other stuff? You know, maybe he's going to at some point get too old. Hey, maybe Sigourney Weaver's going to die. Maybe they're going to, you know, who knows? Uh, uh, but you can't, you can't plan for what? That's another. I don't know, I'm shitty at math, but 2025. You know, I can yeah, any of these actors live that long? <laughs> Well, they can always digitally put them in movies. Right, now they, now they can. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but that still, in my opinion, still does not look quite right yeah. to me. But but that's the thing about Cameron that I find kind of fascinating because he, in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, he hasn't put out a lot of movies when you really get down to it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as a as a uh, as a director, oh no, his his filmography is very small. Yeah, but 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 I mean, think about it, right? Like Terminator, Aliens, uh, Terminator Two, uh, Titanic, Avatar. I mean, these were uh, big movies that changed how movies are done, right? And then you've got like The Abyss. Uh, well, his, you know, his, which is, his, I'm sorry, his filmography is 24 credits, but not as a director. 
as a director, 24. Count, 24? Ca- counting Avatar 2 through 5. Yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, up to Avatar. His last movie was Avatar. You're telling me he's got 24 credits as a director. I can't. I, I don't. That can, that's got to be wrong. That's got to be uh, wrong. I'm. Uh, oh, one, two, three. Avatar five, two through five, and then one, two. No, don't count. count don't count any of the new Avatar movies. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm also not counting something called the informa- uh, Informationist or Last Train from Hiroshima. The survivors look back which have been, one's been delayed and that uh, informationist has been announced. He did Torok the First Flight as a collaborating director in 2016. It was a TV movie, but and then there was Avatar in 2009. Okay, but I'm just talking films. Films, films, not TV shows or anything like that. Uh, okay. Then yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 because he's done, he's done a lot of, that's my point, he's done a lot of sidebar stuff, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but as far as like getting out there behind the camera and making he, a motion picture, he, he he I mean his his last movie was Avatar as a film director sure. as a, a theater th- movies going to the theater Avatar. That's 2009, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's a while back. And yeah. and prior to that, the, the the movie before that as a director of film was Titanic, which was uh, what 97. Uh yeah, right? 97. There's a TV yeah. movie and some documentaries in there. Sure, documentaries are fine. You can make those in your sleep. It's not going to cost you a lot. But, Tell but that as a, yeah, look at Werner Herzog. He did, he's making like three or four at any given time. Yeah, yeah, he seems to love doing those, right? I'm, I mean, I, I I should walk that line back. I mean, the, the documentaries are not easy to make, but I mean, c- compared to Titanic or Avatar, it's like yeah, you can you can get those you can you can squeeze those in. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just kind of fascinated by like, this guy who's been such has such a big impact on the film industry. And has these monumental films that, whether you like them or not, have changed how things are done. It's almost like he doesn't seem to care to want to do any kind of movies that, that won't be mind-bending, well, changing. He's, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think he's shepherding the, a lot of the stuff that's going on in Florida at the, at the ride, and I, and I know he's been doing, enjoying the, you know, things like getting involved with that Bathysphere movie, and all that shit takes time. You know. Yeah. So. You know, I, I don't begrudge the guy for to to enjoying the fruits of his labors, but um, I guess. But you, but he's such a solid artist that you, you kind of want to see more. I mean, why I, not I make agree. piranha make a piranha movie for crying out loud with <laughs> with modern special effects? They did. They made, <laughs> but not two by of them. him. No, not by him. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That'd he be only hilarious. did one. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. That was like Piranha 2, the spawning. The spawning. The spawning. Yeah, so um, I guess some other things that news-wise, uh, have you, uh, do you watch Game of Thrones? No. It's on, is it on TV? No. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, your friends are probably all telling you you should watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, I may but get it, around to it. But it's television, right? So it's not something you want to explore. Well, it's not. Yeah, I, I, you know how we we've talked about how I feel about TV a lot, a lot. I just, right. I'm just, I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be terrific. I know I'm going to probably enjoy it. I just can't. I just can't devote thirty hours to one narrative. I just don't have the time. I'm, I, yeah, I, I've got shit to do, and I got in the time I could, I can watch Game of Thrones. I could watch fifteen or twenty other films, and and get ju- most of them probably bad though. Probably. <laughs> Knowing me, but but <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah I, I don't begrudge anyone. I I get it why people get hooked to that stuff and it's it feels comfortable and it's it's oh, but at the end of the day, I I just I just don't have the time to do it, and I'm sure I'm missing out. But but you know, I well, get I, I understand a lot of people really like them. 
Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, are you missing out? I mean, there's, there's I love the show. It's, it's probably my favorite television show. But, but the reality is, like, if you don't, if you haven't watched it, you know, are, are you really missing anything? Well, I think it's just another cultural sort of benchmark that you yeah. you just didn't. I just didn't hit. In the same way, I didn't watch. I, you know, I bail on Twin Peaks, and everyone tells me, oh, or, or I didn't. You know, I uh, I bailed on the second season of True Detective. You know what I mean? I, I, I yeah, well, True that that second season wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, but, but what, yeah, but what the, about but what about Game of Thrones? Yeah, the news story. I guess it was a book a few days back. Was that um, HBO has closed some deals uh, with uh, four different writers? To basically uh, come up with spinoffs of Game of Thrones. Okay. Did they name and the writers? Se- yeah, they did. Yeah. The the names are one guy is Max Borenstein, who's Kong Skull Island. Okay. Uh, Jane Goldman, who uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Okay. Uh, Brian Hegeland, I guess his name is Legend, which I'm assuming is the. Uh, Cray story, the Tom Hardy play the two uh, gangsters, uh, British gangsters. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think it's legend that legend, <laughs> back in '85. But um, and then Carly Ray, who uh, I guess has done Mad Men and The Leftovers. Huh. Appar- apparently, um, uh, Goldman and Ray will be working individually with uh, George R. R. Martin. All right, and the other two writers, I guess, will not. But. Um, the HBO hasn't necessarily committed to anything. They, from what I've read, they've just like, hey, we want you people to go out and, and come up with some ideas, and then I guess I guess they'll run them by. They'll, as they say, they'll run them at the flagpole and see see uh, who salutes. So hmm. uh, I'm sure uh, that's make kind a lot of, of people happy. Yeah, well, you know, the show the show is really great, and I'm sure there's there's two more seasons that are going to happen. And uh, they'll wrap it up, and I'll, I'm, I'm sure it'll come to a satisfying conclusion. Uh, it's such a great world that uh, there's plenty of things to explore. Uh, one of them, as you might know, maybe from talking to people, w- a, a beloved character that was killed in the first season was Ned Stark. Sure. And uh, played by Sean Bean. And I would think, like, hey, yeah, sure, I'd like to see you know the early days of Ned Stark. Okay. Uh, but, but there's all kinds of things you can do in that world. And I would think that... Um, Fans would really dig it. So once the show goes off the air uh, on HBO, I would I would think, yeah, sure, they they could probably come up with another show that people would want to see. So this so I'm, I'm looking forward. Sometimes I hear about oh, it's going to be a spinoff show. Like we're we're going to do a spinoff show from Friends. I don't really care. Right. Right. You know. Um. But but yeah, something like this is something I'd want to see. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are happy about it. Awesome. Um. Yeah. George R. R. Martin. He's up there in years too. So I, I you know I'm yeah, understanding yeah. his health isn't all that great. So. He's a big hopefully, man. Yeah, hopefully he'll be around for a while to maybe shepherd some of these things through. Mm-hmm. And he's, well, there's, there's, there's supposed to be two more books. So, well, that's the thing. Is it, isn't has the series is the series caught up with the books yet? No, the series is well. Excuse me. The series has now caught up and passed the books. Okay, so now so it's just the, it's, now he's just doing a, a novelization of a, something that has already gone. On. I can't imagine that he's happy about that. So he well, may be just know, giving it up, giving it up, and you know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, my understanding is, I, I'm, I think he is cool with it. I, I uh, if something, God forbid, happened to him tomorrow, I mean, they, they can finish everything off. I mean, right. they know how it's supposed no. to go, where it's supposed to go, etc. 
And yeah, I mean, what's fascinating is I, I don't know if that's ever happened in 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 um, pop culture, where you have something based upon a series of books that you wrote, and then you're waiting for them to finish the books. They never do, so they finish the series, and now you're coming back to write the end of the series, which already already finished on television. How do you do that? Do you make changes? I mean, the TV know. series has made changes from the books. Okay. Right? So, yeah, so, I so guess there, that would be open. Yeah, there are changes that they've made, changed characters around, they've done things. And in some of the instances, from what I know from the books versus the, the television show, I actually like the changes that they've done in the TV show versus what huh. they did in the books. Huh. Right? So, uh, but the books are very long and big and thick. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I always find it kind of funny when people, uh, writers, because you come out and you write something, the first book's, I don't want to say it's thin, but the first book's you know, reasonable. And then you hit this big world building, man, everybody loves this, and all of a sudden the books become bigger and bigger and bigger. So big that you can't just make one book, you have to split it into two books. Sure, sure. Yeah, right? I, I don't know anything about that. My, my first, book, <laughs> my first uh, book was 160,000 words, which is double. But I, but I often wonder, is, like, is that just vanity? Is it, is it, I mean, you know, do you pad things out because you just can't help yourself? Well, I mean, I is, there, about... is there an editor overlooking you saying, like, no, 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 you don't need an 800-page 800 pa- uh, 800 novel? I, well, I think it's it's not – maybe there's probably a little bit of vanity, but it's also the you have the luxury to go off on these little side paths and things yeah. and do things. This. And, and to be honest, I think that those things, when you first start and you're, you're with a, a publisher – they may have you trim back your work, and but no one's telling Clive Barker to trim his work back because time Clive, Clive Barker's got you know an, enough uh, cash that he can do that. Um, so yeah. uh, Martin has always written is has always been a prolific writer, um, but the Game of Thrones until book, now. Well, the Game of Thrones books gets really big. He's a great writer. His Wild Card series is great. Um, I think he wrote the, def- in my opinion, the, the oh. definitive modern um, vamp story in a book called Fever Dream. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he's a great writer, and and I, 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 you know, he's just, it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's I, I saw a meme the other day that it says talked about how you tip your barista for, you know, for your five dollar latte. But you bitch at the at Amazon because the you know the Kindle book you got for four ninety nine is too expensive, and, <laughs> and so people don't really in modern people I don't think they value the written word the way it should be and they think it's so fucking easy to do um, because how many how many times have you heard that about about uh, uh, George R R Martin it's like why doesn't he fin- why doesn't he finish the books it's like calm down this shit yeah, takes yeah, time yeah you know? yeah I don't knock that I just sometimes I think there is the reason that you have an editor. Oh sure. And, and sometimes an editor can make something, but yes, these these people do have experience and they've been doing it for a long time, and you, you kind of let them go. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes the people get so snarky, you know, about uh, about him, you know, not finishing his books and dying and this and that. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. Well, they've taken you know? ownership of this of the series. Yeah, yeah, now. absolutely. This is, my, it's like, this is my jam, and and you know. yeah, and it, and it and ultimately it isn't. Right. You know. It's so his it's jam. it's like. Yeah, like you said, just relax, people. And if he finishes it, fantastic. If not, then he doesn't. But you'll get your TV show, and you'll get what he probably wanted to yeah. do in the books. It's a, the same reason I think people get so bent out of shape over over any plot twist on any TV series because they're so invested in everything that when something happens that they don't agree with or or changes the way how they think about it, they get really fucking mad. So. 
I don't well, you know. know, it's it's funny because I I I I like sports and I follow sports, but I, I've often had the attitude, even when I played sports. I mean, ultimately, it's it's just a game, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, you can be angry because your team lost the World Series or lost lost the Super Bowl or whatever, but ultimately, it's just a game. I mean, it's like why? Because some people just go crazy and freak out and you know can't work the next day, and I, sure. I've never I never understood that. Yeah, right. That's like. Yeah, suck it up, Buttercup. That's <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, and then I got one more thing. Um, the BBC is doing. Well, well, I don't agree with this. I kind of agree with this. I'm doing another ver- a version of War of the Worlds, which mm. I don't know that we necessarily need. However, they, I saw the magic word there. The magic words there. Victorian era War of the Worlds. Yeah, that's cool. I, I would. I, I was just going to say that if they're going to do it, I'd like to see it set in the Victorian era. Because mm-hmm. you know what? That's to me. That says steampunk, and well, steampunk yeah. is huge right now. Um, that's true. It is, but not just for. I mean, for me, I don't care if they if they don't even have a steampunk sensibility. I I just I just I like the Victorian era. I well, mean, you books, know, it, it, the books kind of have a Victorian era. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and and like if you have a. Marvel Cinematic Universe and a DC Cinematic Universe and a Universal Monsters Universe and a Fast and Furious Franchise Universe. You know, like I like the Victorian era universe, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's why the, the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is so, is so appealing to me. Right? Let, like, let yeah, me get, I like to see all these people together. I'll throw you another one. How about a, an H.G. Wells universe? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah that'd be very cool. Let's remake Mysterious Island or, you know. Yeah, you could do that really well. Oh, no, another, another quick thing too. New season of Doctor Who, not really feeling it. Not really feeling the new really? season of Doctor Who. I don't think Peter is, I don't think Peter Capaldi is feeling it because he seriously wants to bail on that show. Well, this will be apparently the final season for him and the, the showrunner Stephen Moffat. Huh. So, but um yeah, I um and then someone told me uh, there's a rumor, so I've heard this from somebody who <laughs> I, I don't know where he sourced the material, but they might bring Matt Smith back. But I, I don't know what that means if you know if they're bringing back as Doctor Who or something else. I haven't watched Doctor Who since um, Tom Baker or the Bond <laughs> <Long> guy. <laughs> my That's daughter, a long time ago. And my daughter watches the new stuff, and she really seems to enjoy. Yeah, it, the new so. stuff. Uh, the new stuff's pretty good, but uh, the Capaldi stuff, uh, eh, not so much. That guy's at his best when he's swearing. Did you ever see his dissection of Star Wars? Yeah, no, no, he's hilarious. <laughs> he swears, he swears very well. That would be great—a a R-rated Doctor Who, where yeah. he really tells his companions what he thinks of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> That's funny. Make a list of your favorite swears—not <laughs> not swear words, but people who swear. I think I think he would be on there. I think John Hurt would be on there. Oh, Ian McShane for sure. Ian his, McShane uh, completely. Yeah, he's like he's head of my list, man. Yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah. fantastic as Al Swearingen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I think we're done. We're out of here. We're like, we're like, I think we're, this is a podcast. Look at this. We did this completely on the fly, man. Yeah, um, that shows our true brilliance. That is what. That's exactly what it is. Uh, next week, we've got a girl named Tina Rivets coming in. She's a cosplay person, and we and we're going to talk cosplay. And then coming up. Um, I these are as a result of Crypticon this weekend. Um, John Amplis, who was in uh, George Romero's Martin, is coming on, and Cody Goodfellow, who's a we talked about him uh, a couple of weeks ago with Nick Gucker. He's a writer and 
Uh, he's fucking awesome. So, awesome. which means my fellow podcast listeners, as I'm relegated back to the bench. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a general. I'm employing my people. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll see you next week. Th- thanks, thanks, dude. This was fun. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, the Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Brian Ellison. Stay scary.